not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. That is Henry Horse in the background. Come here, Henry. No making squeak noises during the podcast, okay? It's one of the first rules of podcasting. You know that. Good sir. That's my dog, Henry Horse. Henry, will you take that out of his mouth, please? Henry, no squeaky toys during the podcast. There we go. Under, under, right there. There we go. No, 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 it's not on the table. He's going to jump on the table. Oh. Cannot create a jumping on the table habit. That's not a good plan. Henry, come here. Just come here. Quiet. Good boy. Come here. Shh. We're not playing with toys now, okay, Henry? I'm podcasting. Papa's podcasting, buddy. Licking my face. Also, not an ideal behavior, but... Acceptable. Just chill. Just chill. Shh, shh. Henry doesn't understand how podcasts work. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. There's and, an etiquette to it, right? Like trying to play ball during the podcast. Not cool. Uh, everybody, thank you for being here with me again. It has been a while and a lot to fill you in on. I'm here with a great comedian, but also a very politically savvy man who has been a big part of our campaign. The treasurer, actually, of the Glebe 2020 campaign, and. One of my senior strategists, Ken Gar. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, so in a few moments, we're going to play for you the episode I recorded back four months ago when this campaign and craziest whirlwind adventure of a lifetime began on May 13th. That night, Carmel and I drove to Doug Stanhope's hotel room mm-hmm. and recorded a podcast with Doug, a swap cast, which has already been on his podcast many months ago, but I'm sure most of you... Didn't know that and can hear it now today. But Ken and I, for the last four months now, have been creating this campaign to try as hard as we can to compete with the big dogs. Yeah. And try to resonate with the message of real people ending corruption and needing a comedian to stop Donald Trump, giving the voice directly back to the people, taking our democracy back by even giving people with a new policy proposal that I unveiled that will play the full speech for you right before the Doug... Stanhope podcast, because I want you guys to hear it, the AFL-CIO speech. You'll hear more details of our platform, but I unveiled something called Connected Democracy, Mm -hmm. a big policy proposal, which gives the power of our democracy in a large way back to the people as we encourage people running for Congress and for re-election to pledge to take a vote on this secure online platform that we call Connected Democracy, and that as president, I would... Obviously not for my veto, because that's the check on Congress's power, and obviously not for emergency spending or military spending or anything of a national security nature, but anything else that's a executive order I would propose, right. I would not sign it on my own. I would survey the American people through a, a secure vote right. on the Connected Democracy platform. You can actually try it out right now at Glebe2020.com. 
click on Connected Democracy in the drop-down and vote right now if you think that's a good idea. Participate in it. What, yeah. what candidate implements his plan during the campaign? Right. You're not waiting to get elected. Just Glebe 2020. You're getting to work right now. That's exactly right. So um, what's been your overall impression, Ken, of the whole adventure, the whole venture, the whole attempt we've been making to make our case to the American people that we need truly different kinds of people in office and to support our campaign? Yeah, I mean, it's been exciting. And um, I've learned a lot just being on the campaign trail with you on and off the last four months. Um, But, you know, we've watched uh, Joe Biden speak live and Bernie Sanders speak live and Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, uh, Pete Buttigieg. I followed all of them at the AFL-CIO. And Marianne Williamson and Cory Booker in New Hampshire. Amy Klobuchar. Excuse me, Amy Klobuchar and and Andrew Yang. But we've seen them all. And I think the biggest difference is that, you know, these are either career politicians that are just saying the same thing over and over, you know, we got to get the middle class, you know, to work. We have right. to, you know, it's all, it's the same thing over and over again. Um, you know, people like Marianne Williamson and, and Andrew Yang, who are kind of fringe candidates like yourself, um, have great messages. But at the end of the day, when the debates happen, who can take on Donald Trump? Mm. And as you said, and I've heard you say a million times, is like you, he's the the greatest heckler in human history, and we need a comedian to take on a heckler. And so that's why I jumped on board. I want to stop Donald Trump, but um, it has been an uphill battle. Um, mm-hmm. It is difficult to get media attention, mm-hmm. uh, even when you're a celebrity. Um, and you know, we have been trying to fight the good fight to get uh, the respect and attention of the mass media. Uh, but this is very much a grassroots campaign. We need people uh, like your fans and people who listen to your podcast to get involved. Um, mm-hmm. Don't just donate. Volunteer. Help us out. Yeah. Um, uh, send a letter to your local editor about why you think Ben Glebe should be president, uh, why he's being ignored. Um, so or get active. at least active. to get my voice in the conversation. Yeah. The 14 official DNC polling organizations are not even listing me in the polls. Right. So it's physically impossible for me to poll high enough to qualify for the debates. That's literally them deciding for you who you get to vote for. Right. That's crazy. It's cra- It's beyond crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's been a force we've been, like you said, battling the entire time for some reason, despite me having a pretty large national um, presence. Presence. Mm-hmm. That's a good word for it. And also being the only voice that's offering a true strategy that could be Trump. Everybody yeah. acknowledges that. Everybody. Mm-hmm. That alone makes it kind of criminal to not have my voice as part of these conversations for the news networks not have me on because they literally could be making a historical very bad mistake yeah you know obviously i'm not saying for sure i'm the answer but mm-hmm. i definitely am offering a very viable intelligently strategized and planned out idea and approach for beating mm-hmm. donald trump mm-hmm. and if they do not consider it or at least give the american people the chance to listen to it on a broad basis Mm -hmm. many times on cnn not one five minutes Mm -hmm. and not zero that i've so far done this campaign fox the only one having me on a lot yeah and even not fox news channel their fox nation and fox business networks had me on and i'll be doing the debate commentary this thursday night live after the third debate by the way so please Mm -hmm. tune in to that me and tommy laren yet again going head to head and former last week on earth guest aaron elmore as well on the conservative side and like mentioned last night former um, liberal part now of the hashtag walk away movement. Oh, okay. now Trump supporter guy also. 
and me live for 45 minutes to an hour right after the three-hour-long debate wow. that we are being systemically kept out of. Yeah. Um, the other thing, Ken, that I wanted to mention to everybody, maybe you can help me elaborate before we kick it to the AFL-CIO speech and then kick it to one of the comedy legends in our world, Doug Stanhope. Yeah, so great. Who also ran for president. That's right. For like three months. Yeah. But acknowledged, as he said in the podcast, I believe, didn't know shit about politics, mm-hmm. which does not help. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so his was a little bit less serious of a campaign than mine. In fact, it was not a serious campaign. Right. And, I mean, he was taking himself seriously for a minute. Sure. But he was doing a comedy thing, and I'm running a real campaign trying Absolutely. to win the nomination. Yeah. And you are an instrumental part of it. Thank you. And your glasses look right on your head. Thank you so much. Well, Being I, a bald guy, you really prominently display the sunglasses being on your head more than most people. I try to uh, – it's like an accessory. Like I can't yeah. wear scrunchies or barrettes. True. So True. I just kind of put my glasses up there. I can't either, ironically. Really? No. Huh. No. Just not the right look for a candidate. I guess. For a male candidate. Yeah. Um, But – Not a man bun candidate? No, I'm not a man bun A working bun man bun for the people? But I support – People doing, I, I don't actually. That's one thing. I'm all for freedom. Mm-hmm. Henry's crossing over now from my knees to Ken's knees. Yes. There he goes. He made the jump. Well done. Good boy. Wagging his tail. More than like with me. Come over here, Verdell. Mm-hmm. Don't you love me, Verdell? Go over there. Go by him. I've got bacon bits. Go by him. Little pieces of bacon in my pocket. I'm Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men, obviously. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you Not as that. good as it gets. Damn it. As good as it gets. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. I thought you were being his character in A Few Good Men, but using the lines from As Good As It Gets. No. Oh, okay. I was being him in As, a few good, in as Good so As It Gets. So you thought the character of close the colonel who went on trial had a scene with a little dog. That's what you... <laughs> You found it. That is so funny. You did find it. That is so damn funny. You can't handle the truth, Verdell. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, those are very similar titles. A Few Good Men, As Good As It Gets. Also see Jack Nicholson as As Come, Come, Go. Watch Jack Nicholson's next movie. As Good As Men Gets. (laughs) And his next hit. And Greatness Becomes You. Very similar forward, starting with a word, philosophically titled Jack Nicholson movies. <laughs> Did you get that thing out of his mouth again? Because we need that noise. Well, I'm, I'm trying to appeal him with this other blue thing. Great, great. And he is mystified by it. That's good. I need you. I, I, need, I want Henry just back in our laps because this is not ideal. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I wanted to highlight um, just quickly. I'm going to run through just a list of Please. the candidates on uh, the of the issues rather yes. on the back of our card. Of our leave behind card. Okay. So you know the major issues that our campaign is fighting for. Mm-hmm. Any comment quickly on any of them as you would go, feel okay. free. Number one, take our democracy back. Seems pretty the most important. Yeah, thing. pretty more most important. That's why it's our slogan. And our our voice has been marginalized in every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't allow it. Um, the regular working man's voice, regular people are been are, are being silenced and have been silenced in this country. Just solely for big business interests. That's it. F that. Stop the orange monster. Yes. You can't do any of it if we don't stop Donald Trump. No. And if people don't take into account strategy and we lose again, all the rest of these policy debates mean jack shit. He said he wanted to drain the swamp and instead the entire swamp went to jail. Right. You know what I mean? Not the entire swamp. The ones that he appointed and brought in. Right. 
That's why it says in the front of our card, all these candidates' promises mean nothing, nothing. if we lose again in 2020. Mm-hmm. To beat the biggest heckler in political history, we need a comedian. Brain trust. What I need you guys to do, please, is to send letters to the editors of the 14 approved DNC publications. I will try to remember, can please remind me to post a list sure. on my website. Um, on the website, I will tweet the list and Facebook post it and Instagram post it, the list of those organizations, and please email them and say you must at least put Ben Glebe in the polls. Otherwise, literally, they are blocking the full information and the full list right. of viable campaigns, and they're actually tilting the electoral process in this country very significantly. Mm-hmm. Next issue. Save our one planet because you cannot breathe on Mars. You cannot. This it, is a fact. And it is one of the core issues that is at the basis of something that could be fixed if you got the money out of politics. Right. If you literally get the money out of politics, obviously then we would not value fossil fuel company CEOs and and protecting their profits and subsidizing them. Right. In certain cases when they're literally killing the future place we have to live. Mm-hmm. Cost of living tax refund for low and middle income workers. I'm in. We need that. Yeah. Enough policies tilting just those at the top. No more permanent tax cuts for rich people and temporary just for show ones for you. Right. Permanent ones for you. And no tax cuts for rich people simply because they don't need it. Right. They should feel the pain of their taxes just like we do. Yeah. It's just a fact. We must make housing affordable. Yes. We do this by improving our economy. We do this by giving people more money in their pockets. We do this by creating zones of affordable housing in every major hub. Yeah. In every place where there are population centers where people need to live and work. We shouldn't have homeless people in America. There's too much space. There's too many resources. A hundred percent. We must quadruple down our efforts to end the homeless epidemic in this country because it can be solved. Let's take care of our own for once. Absolutely. Of course we should have humanity towards people trying to immigrate to this country to save their lives. Yeah. But we must also first take care of our own Mm -hmm. and we must solve that problem. Yeah, that is the most effective argument. People say we're being too com- or arguing for too compassionate policies towards immigrants. They say we don't take care of our own homeless. You're damn right. Yeah, we should take care of our own homeless and then also take care of all humans coming here to save their lives. I, I think it's hilarious when people are like, you know, we got to take care of our own, but those people aren't doing anything right. to help us take care of their own. Zero like, things. Oh, what what soup kitchen are you at? Where Have you, you given one dollar to yeah. homeless causes? Right. So you just want to hate and not love. Right. Got it. Hate and not help. Right. Hate and not help, yeah. Lame. Health care for everyone because, obviously, Mm -hmm. it's a travesty that we're the only wealthy nation in the country and the wealthiest at that that cannot provide health care for all its citizens. Millions still uninsured. But I do not believe in Medicare for all. I believe Mm -hmm. in Medicare for all who want it. Right. You can leave your current plan if it's too expensive and get on government health care. That makes perfect sense. You can get a great plan, a great basic plan Mm -hmm. that covers all of your needs. I don't mean to say basic plan. I mean like it's not going to be a frills filled where you can like shop around the country and across state lines and go anywhere you want and get cosmetic surgery covered, but you'll get a a plan covering all of your needs Mm -hmm. from the government, an expansion of Medicare. Yeah. But we will not outlaw the private insurance industry because that's not what America does. Well, we're finding now, though. We are a free enterprise place, and you should be allowed to have private business as well. And I don't want just government medicine. I don't think you do either. Right. So anybody who's an advocate of strict Medicare for all, you are not really. You just want to make sure that you have insurance. Mm-hmm. And we will make sure you have that. And that you can afford it. We will make sure that is done as well. But that is all 
We're not going to ban, like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and many of them want to do, private insurance from our country. No. You're not going to make everybody do it. Plus, also, governments are not that effective at implementing large-scale plans. Just covering 20 or so million uninsured that still remain is daunting enough. Right. Trying to all of a sudden now insure 300 million when the U.S. government couldn't even release the health care website for months Mm -hmm. is too big of an undertaking now. We all know that in our hearts. Yeah. Okay. Henry, there's no playing with that right now. You gotta just sit here, okay? You gotta just sit here, buddy. Sorry, we can't have squeaking during the podcast. I do love you, though. And he's licking my face again. Um, a living wage, so you can live on your wage. Of course, we have to do that. Henry, please stop. Please stop. Thank you, buddy. We have to be able to live on our wage, mm-hmm. and so we will pay people a living wage, $15 an hour minimum nationally. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Henry rang the bell in favor of that. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. He loves that, as, as do I. Modernize education because, because it is our... Ch- don't throw the ball. He's going to be too much noise. Don't throw it. Okay. We shouldn't <laughs> be throwing extra items to him. No, now you're going to be distracted. This is no good. We need to just hold him. All right, just... Oh, boy. We got him. Just hold him, please. This segment brought to you by Henry Horse. Rescue your dogs, guys. True that. Henry is a rescue, and he's the love of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. he's neck and neck. Yeah. For the love of my life. Um, I love the guy, and he... Has changed my life, and mm-hmm. there are so many pets that are looking to be rescued mm-hmm. and adopted. There's no reason to to shop at puppy mills. You really should not do that because find a local shelter. There are may shelter or a local rescue. Yeah, there are awesome shops. You go in there, you get top notch stuff for your dog, and you get to see all these great dogs loose, not in a cage, not mm-hmm. in behind glass like they're a mannequin. Right. Dogs are not mannequins. No. Did you think they were? No. Okay, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. Modernize our education system in this country. It is our children. We will have high-speed internet in schools. Yes. We will make sure we teach context in our education so students opt in to their learning. Yep. So they get pumped about it and want to learn and don't feel like it's punitive, like we all came up hating school, really. So boring. So many people come up hating it. It's boring. Make it fun and interesting so we get a much smarter, more efficient workforce. Yeah. That if your brain evolves better when you're having fun. Yes. And we will also teach financial literacy classes and literacy classes and important life skills. Guns are cool, but kids are cooler. Absolutely. We will always respect the Second Amendment. Always. But what we will not do is respect it more than children. Right. Kids are buying bulletproof backpacks in America. Young kids. It's crazy. They're building schools with curved walls so that kids can hide from active shooters. That stops. Let's all compromise a little bit for our humanity, mm-hmm. for our safety. For our children, so we don't fear being gunned down in public. Like my parents recently thought they were in an active shooter situation, called me and were hiding in the storeroom of a furniture store. You were there, Ken. Yeah, I was there. It's crazy. Witnessed the whole call. Scariest call of my life. Mm-hmm. Let's just do what will help reduce rampant shootings. I am not for a buyback program of AR 15s and AK 47s mm-hmm. because it's the most popular gun in America, most popular rifle. There's like 100 million of them out there, roughly, and the number might be off, but a lot of them. Yeah. People are not going to report that they have them anyway. And we don't want to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. What we do want to do is ban the future sale of them. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is limit capacity size because when shooters reload is when you can incapacitate them and you shouldn't be able to shoot so many people in 30 seconds like happened mm-hmm. recently. El Paso, Dayton. In Dayton. And El Paso was a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. still huge capacity magazines. Yeah. Um, Walmart at least finally 
removed ammunition. Removing ammunition from most guns, and I think they're no longer selling. They only sell handguns in one. They banned that in Alaska now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we must have red flag laws so we can take guns away from people when they're being erratic, mm. being dangerous through due process. But that makes perfect sense, and you cannot argue against that. And thorough, thorough background checks that thoroughly talk across all agencies to communicate and make sure the person's not a criminal or has a mental illness that would pose them as a danger to our society, likely. Mm-hmm. That's just common sense. Yeah. And we will save lives. Cage-free children and treating all humans humanely. Cage-free eggs is cool. I love cage-free eggs. Cage-free eggs are the best. Very tasty. It tastes yeah. better. I prefer cage-free children. I, yeah. Not to eat them. Right. To let them roam free out of cages like children are supposed to be. Yeah. Are we kidding? This is America. We're going to put kids in cages? Not to mention the Trump administration losing track of who their parents are? Right. Not even being able to reunite them, deporting the parents and keeping the kids here? Are we monsters? Right. The orange monster is literally doing that in America right now. Obviously, that must end. Mm-hmm. Anti-corruption act, like we talked about. None of the big problems we are trying to tackle will be solved if we do not simply get all lobbyist money out of politics. They can still lobby, of course. Sure. For free. They don't get to then fund the campaigns and bundle the, the donations for the campaigns. Right. Of everybody in Washington, everybody in government. That's why we're not attacking the root cause of the climate crisis mm-hmm. and the health care crisis and the gun crisis and stagnant wages. All of it is because the NRA wins. Pharmaceutical companies win. Because these huge healthcare companies win, because fossil fuel industry wins, mm-hmm. because in every instance, we are just letting big business make the rules. Sure. Why possibly would we do that? They'll still be fine. We're not taking it away from them. They're still going to make billions. Mm-hmm. We're just creating a win-win situation for the world by tilting our laws more towards the people who need it. Right. And those that are already fat cats will still be really fucking rich. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. That's the solution to our problems. Mm-hmm. So how about we actually do it? I know I'm yelling at you. You know uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board. You're on board completely. Along that same line, we must fix our broken elections and get all money out of politics in every way. We must stop partisan gerrymandering, of course. Congress votes on just one issue at a time so they have no more excuses. Mm-hmm. We no longer allow... Our politicians to vote on one issue and another poison pill attached to it, so then they veto it and say, oh, I wanted the thing you wanted me to vote for, but I couldn't support that bridge somewhere, so I voted against it. That's why I voted against it. Congress doesn't get so much done, they, they, they should be allowed to try to do multiple things at once. Mm-hmm. I do not think Congress should not try to multitask. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. I know, that's right. Thank you, baby. Mm-hmm. Sorry for calling you, baby. It's okay. So we take that out. They vote on one issue at a time, and we can hold them finally accountable to their vote. A constitutional amendment for a woman's right to choose. It's a no-brainer. No-brainer. It's someone's body. They get to decide what they do, and it's already the law. It's the law of the land. Roe v. Wade, 1972. Yeah. It's settled law of the land that women get to determine the future of their own bodies Mm -hmm. and the present of their own bodies. They get to control their bodies. Mm -hmm. Women will do what they will do with their own body anyway. We will not live in a society where we make it dangerous scary, unsafe, risky for a woman to have to terminate a pregnancy that she did not want, Mm -hmm. that she is not ready for, that she cannot financially handle. And it is not a human life, observably with with common sense, 
until it is able to survive outside of the womb. At that point, of course, you don't allow abortions. But until it is a viable human being, when it is a clump of cells or something without a formed brain, mm. or when you to the point where you can freeze embryos and then unfreeze them and their development continues, that's a technology that exists. That proves beyond a shadow of a doubt they are not yet lives or human beings. Mm-hmm. Because guess what, Ken? Mm. You cannot freeze human beings. No. Did you know that? I did know that. Except Walt Disney or Joe DiMaggio. Right. You cannot freeze people. No. If you do it, you, you can freeze them. Actually. You can freeze them, yeah. You can There's unfreeze a, them. a killer called the Iceman, and he did that. The Iceman comes. The Iceman. Schwarzenegger played that one the in the Batman movie. The Iceman movies. and the Batman. Mm-hmm. That's going to create interference on my thing there. Okay. No worries. You know, you can put your phone other places. Okay. It's fine. Um, so you can't unfreeze people. You can't tell your kid who's being unruly. One more word out of you, you're going in the freezer. Right. You would kill the kid accidentally. You would die. Or on purpose, actually. You'd be on a, pri- a crime podcast. You would be on a crime podcast, yeah. yeah. And they would be like, nobody found him until they just opened the freezer once because they wanted a popsicle. Right. And that's not the life that's we want. That's never the voice of the crime podcast. Okay, what is it? It's oh, like oh ner- yes. And then they open the freezer. And no, yeah, it's like, it's like the- hello, this is um, yeah. Tommy Podcast, and yeah. we got to stop the dog noise. Can you hold him in your lap, please? He's literally tap dancing over there. And okay. Can you just... Hold him in your lap, please. And just don't let him go this time, okay? I won't ever Because we're doing go. a podcast. Yep. So I don't know if you're know how that's an audio medium. Henry, come here. Good boy. And stay. And just don't let him have what he wants. Thank you so much. Okay. Where were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Podcast act out. <laughs> but what was the topic? Oh, yeah. It was a rainy Tuesday. Yeah. In late October, and everybody was getting ready for Halloween. But not in the Rigerson household. No. You see, their son had been unruly, and at the same time, they had, just a few days earlier, purchased from Costco a top-of-the-line stainless steel fridge-freezer combo. Mm -hmm. And that sets the stage for our tale. Of massive death. We want to thank our sponsors, Blue Kitchen Chicken. It was like, and then he decapitated his head. You want to thank our sponsors, Panera Bread. What? Oh, my God. So let's stop <laughs> dividing. It's so funny. Let's stop dividing. It's dark, but it's funny because mm-hmm. that's not who we are in our country. We are not going to tell women what to do nope. with their bodies. And if you can freeze it, it's not a human life. That is the very serious point made comedically because I'm still a comedian. So are you, Ken. Yes, I am. At Ken Gar was taken on Instagram. Kengar was taken. G-A-R-R. He couldn't get Kengar, so he got Kengar was taken. Yes, sir. Is that also that on Twitter? Yes. Great. Great, great, great. At Kengar was taken. J-R-R. You know how to spell Ken and was taken, obviously. Um, combine white collar and regular prisons. Yes. You want to end corporate crime and end the horrible environment in our prisons that are not correctional facilities at all? Right. Combine white collar prisons with regular lockup. Those white colored criminals will see so fast how unjust and not good mm-hmm. our prison system is. Yeah. We will get true prison reform fast. Absolutely. We will stop the school-to-prison pipeline because they will have com- you have compassion for things you see in front of your very eyes. You shouldn't be treated differently as a criminal because of how much money you have. Right. We already have a class or... system in real life. We should also have it in prison. No, you go to jail, you go to jail. You're a criminal with everybody else. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. And by doing that, you will also so quickly... See corporate crime drop through the floor mm-hmm. so low because they will actually fear the consequence. Absolutely. Protect our border and a, and a pathway to citizenship. We must use technology to protect our border. Yes. We must, of course, not have porous borders. We must keep great 
tally and record of who comes in and out of our country. And so we will shore up our borders. Mm -hmm. But when people come through, not criminals like Trump pretends, Mm -hmm. but like real human beings with families and lives and heart trying to improve and save their lives, Mm -hmm. we treat them with respect and like human beings. We adjudicate their cases and when they're allowed to stay and when we even ask them to go, we do it humanely and kindly because it's the right thing to do, because it looks better for our image around the world anyway. So why do you want to create more enemies by being a dick? Mm-hmm. And also because it's good to do. So as a side note, please sign as you have for seven years over and over again. Please tell your friends the Don't Be a Dick Pledge created on this podcast with Sophia Bush. TinyORL.com slash Don't Be a Dick Pledge. Yeah. Take it. Sign it. And then sign our change.org petition to also constitutionally guarantee a woman's right to choose, which we are fighting for in our campaign. Finally taking care of our vets. Our yes. veterans protect us, yeah. give us the safety to do all of the inane bullshit we do on our own in this country. This is what I would love to do. And this is just my personal yep. opinion. You may not agree, but I would love it if a vet just had his military ID and he could walk into any hospital. Hell yes. Anywhere in the country, Hell anywhere yes. in the world, and we just pay the bill. Yeah. It's just done. It's I love it. that. You know what I mean? Like what? Just no make sure VA, it has a good hologram no. on the ID so you know he's real. Yeah. And boom. Period. Yes, that solves the big problem. Solves the problem. Simple. It's so beautiful. I love that. Um, we must do it. It's the promise we make to them when they enlist. We have no Kardashians and no country without our veterans. It's true. Every freedom we enjoy is because we are protected by the Kardashians. We are not protected by the Kardashians. Oh. A little bit by okay. Caitlyn mm-hmm. and Kris Jenner is kind of a tiger mom for America in a way. Yeah. But by our brave soldiers who risk everything to. Say, we got your back, and we trust the American government to lead us in a way that we are proud of. Yeah. And then we'll protect you. And we have not been always doing that. And that is the greatest promise that we fail yeah. as a nation when we don't do. And so I pledge to not only fully take care of our veterans as soon as humanly possible, like immediately, first year for sure, yeah, but also to lead us in a foreign policy and domestic policy that we will be proud of again. So you will fight for us with every bit of pride in your heart. Because we need them on that wall. We want them on that wall. We want them on that wall. Who's going to do it? You. You. You, Lieutenant Weinberg. That's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. Starring Helen Hunt, Greg Mm -hmm. Kinnear, and Jack Nicholson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very true. That was actually Kevin Paul, a comedian in that scene. Yeah, very true. With Tom Tom Cruise. He played Weinberg, Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Weinberg. Great guy. Um, Not letting the robots take over, of course course because no other candidate is talking about that yet again we are just not seeing we're missing the forest for the trees here robots are cool we don't need to allow them to take over industries they can help human productivity when we need that and we don't we should not allow them to overtake full industries Mm -hmm. it will displace too many jobs that's why andrew yang is wrong about ubi universal basic income should have asked him to be on my podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. Universal Basic Income, when I met him recently. Um, it's just a band-aid, in my opinion, $1,000 a month, instead of stopping robots from taking the jobs in the first place. Yeah. America can be the beacon of hope for human jobs, and it should be, because every story ever, if you see it, every science fiction story, when the robots take over, they kill people. Yeah. They're not friendly to humans, because right. they're all about efficiencies, and we are an inefficient species. If we want to have a chill life on Earth and still have jobs for us and not have mass unemployment mm-hmm. and not have anything for us to do and therefore complete like riot vibes in the streets. Mm-hmm. People not having the money to provide for themselves. A thousand dollars a month does not cover what you make in your job. No. We must 
only allow technology where it aids human productivity and not replaces it. Right. And to educate our populace so that we have the most intelligent, ready to conquer the world and conquer their lives and make their lives good population, we understand everybody should have the right to go to university. Mm-hmm. Should be able to get educated in this country. Money shouldn't be a barrier to that. Yeah. Trade schools or universities should be available to you, whichever one you want. Mm-hmm. But since we cannot afford to pay for everyone's college, mm-hmm. at whatever college they want to go to, room and board and taxes and tuition, and since we still want to educate them, I have a solution, again, no one else has thought of, that would be very easy to create, do, and implement, is you create a four-year online university yes and let everybody take it for free mm-hmm. and attend it for free and if you graduate from it everybody gets admitted too but if you don't keep up and don't succeed and don't pass your tests and don't get good grades you won't get the degree mm-hmm. and you get the degree and when it just costs us one university's amount of money which is pennies for a federal government yeah and i've just solved that problem as well legit different solutions that are not being offered by any of the mainstream candidates. And they're all thinking these myopic. We must either all free college for everybody or no, you pay your own way. I've solved a middle ground here Mm -hmm. that solves a major problem. And also incredibly important, last but not least, even though it's treated that way often, finally fix Flint and Puerto Rico. Yeah. Make them whole again. Fix the water in our cities Mm -hmm. to make sure it's not poisoning our residents and give proper emergency funding when we can fund everything else. We lose $500 billion a year to the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. $500 billion. Mm-hmm. That solves all of our problems. We redistribute that money. Yeah. And we take some money from our bloated military budget to make us leaner and meaner. Mm-hmm. And we can fund the recovery of our cities mm-hmm. and make sure we solve the homeless problem mm-hmm. and make sure we make housing affordable for people and give a little bit of a tax refund and just tax the rich just on, their, on a wealth tax a little bit more to pay for so much of the surplus of that. And we bring humanity and kindness back to our policies. And all of a sudden, we then all agree and communicate better and are more fluid and flowing into one cohesive, better-running planet and better-running nation. We then can easily vote to get the money out, mm-hmm. to ban lobbyist money in our politics, and to just finally start having a nation that is by, of, and for the people like it was intended. Yeah. On that hilarious note... Enjoy the podcast. Oh, and please, to support this, yeah. please donate what you can afford at Glebe2020.com, G-L-E-I-B-2020.com. We are competing against political machines with millions and millions of dollars who are doing things the old way, and they will not bring the change that you need in your life. Mm-hmm. I will fight till my last breath to do that if I am honored with the nomination and then I win the presidency. So please, you guys know my passion over the years. I've done this podcast for eight years now. I've gone on the record for hundreds of hours of my heart. You know my heart. I always care and fight for what is right. That is what I passionately speak about. That is what I will do in office. Please go to Glebe2020.com. Donate a dollar count so we can still qualify for the next debate. But really what we need at this point to get on the polls is you'd email them to get on the polls and then to help fund us so we can take ads out, so we can have the infrastructure, we can hire more people and expand like every other campaign. We desperately need the money right now. The highest individual donation you can donate is $2,800. That is true, or $5,600 for one couple. We've had people max out for for our campaign who truly believe in us. If you believe in us, please give whatever you can, $100, $200, $500. This podcast has been free for eight years, free. I've only had ads on three episodes. I don't even make a penny off it. I lose money every week to entertain you and to inform you. Please, the one thing I truly ask, please 
Donate what you can afford, as much as you can afford, to our campaign right now. Yes, please. At Glebe2020.com. Or you can go straight to the donation page at tinyurl.com slash donateglebe. That's tinyurl.com slash donateglebe. It would mean the world to me. It would help give us a chance to continue this effort to help save our country and our planet. And if we don't get the money, we literally will have to end the campaign relatively soon, like yeah. in, in, the, in the coming months. Mm-hmm. We have to be ramping up right now, not down. Right. We have the ideas. We have the passion. We have the volunteers around the country. We're getting more every day. What we need is a little bit more money to fund us and more volunteers. So please do both. Sign up on the website. Also, Glebe2020.com to join us. Click on the Join Us tab and join our revolution, one that is trying to help fix major problems that we are, oh, by the way, running out of time on. So oh. holy shit. Oh, and I don't know when, is this coming out this week? This is coming out in the next two days. Okay. One or two days. Cobbs Comedy Club. Thank you. Me and you. Ken Gar is opening for me opening. at Cobbs Comedy Club. One night only, one, one, night. Show only. one show only. San Francisco, California, 7.30 p.m. Please tell your friends in that area. Bring Please come out. Bring a group. Bring, get, just get a group text going. Get a bunch of your friends to come out to the show. Yeah. I'll talk a little bit. In my comedy act. It's one of my few comedy stops of the campaign. Yeah. I'll talk a little bit about that and I will, um, but it'll all be in funny ways. Mm-hmm. It'll all be almost entirely in funny ways. And then most of the show, 85% of it is still just regular comedy, stories yeah. of my life, silly observations. Only I'll do hour. some crowd work. One hour show, I'll talk to you afterwards. You can ask me questions about the campaign then if you'd like. No worries. All good. But thank you for reminding me. I will then also plug a couple of other dates. I can't wear an airplane mode, but I'm coming to Springfield, Missouri coming up. And I'm coming to Chicago and Zanies. October 23rd through the 26th. That is correct. Um, I am coming to Vancouver. I'm coming to a bunch of places. We finally got a chance to squeeze in sporadically a few of these stand-up dates. St. Louis coming up. Just go to BenGlebe.com for that. Get tickets. Bring a group out. Talk to me about the campaign afterwards if you'd like. But um, please support the campaign first and foremost. And now the full content. It's about an 11-minute speech that I delivered to the Iowa AFL-CIO following Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Cory Booker. Bernie. Bernie Sanders. I got only one of four standing ovations out of every major candidate. It was Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, and me. That is 100% true, you guys. So we were told by the organizers of the event. Listen to the content of it. It's the highlight moment of my life, the speech, so far. And then it'll go right into Doug Stanhope on the first day of this campaign from all the way back on May 13th, 2019. Um, it is now September 10th. 10th. By your time listening to this, maybe the 11th or 12th of 2019, what a journey it has been, and it is about to continue. Until last week, next week. Signing off in the middle, because again, I've already recorded the other stuff. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. Oh, Henry, any last words? Anything you want to say? Henry? Now you're quiet. Ah, that's my boy. Thank you, Charles. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And please, a big round of applause for my openers. (laughs) Vice President Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Mayor Pete, best warm-up acts in the business. And thank you to the Iowa AFL-CIO for inviting me to speak here today. I'm the only working man candidate in the race. I am the only member 
of the AFL-CIO in the race. As SAG-AFTRA member for 12 years, I have fought over and over again to make my project union. So you know that I will fight for you because I am one of you. No other candidate can say that. Most of you haven't heard of my campaign before today because working people in this country are not given the same respect as the ruling class. Isn't it time that changed? Yeah. Isn't it time that we had one of us in the White House? Yeah. Or you can just keep trusting politicians. I'm sure that'll work out great at some point. I'm sick and tired of us workers getting screwed. I'm sick and tired of seeing my paycheck shrink along with the rising cost of living. I'm sick and tired of seeing every member of Congress year after year, decade after decade, do nothing to change it. If you're supposed to be so great at making change, then where is it? Did the change fall through a hole in your pockets? Is it on your couch cushion somewhere? Because we can't find it. My name is Ben Glebe. For over 14 years, I've been a political commentator for places like CNN, NPR, ABC News, Fox News, The Young Turks. I'm an entrepreneur and a TV host you may know from shows like Idiot Test or Chelsea Lately or The Today Show. And I created the Telethon for America, where I helped gather a million Americans to help us create historic voter turnout in 2018 midterms. Thank you. One person thinks that's cool. <laughs> Thank you. But I am best known as a stand-up comedian. For almost two decades, I've been traveling to towns big and small, Republican and Democrat, making people laugh and bringing people together. The opposite of what Trump does. Donald Trump is not a politician. So you can't beat him with politics. He is the biggest heckler in history. And to beat a heckler, we need a comedian. And if you don't think I'm right, just remember the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Because Obama hit him so hard with jokes, that's why he ran in the first place. Comedy got us into this mess. Comedy can get us out. You've just heard from all the top-tier candidates who will most likely all lose in 2020. Because they're running traditional campaigns. But they're going up against an orange monster who has changed the game. To win this time, we're going to have to get ratings, big ratings. Everybody's saying it. And I will get you ratings. As someone pointed out, we cannot keep bringing policy papers to a wrestling match. If we truly want to win in the election that will determine the course of history, we have to change tactics. We do not have time to be polite. And I will get under crybaby Donnie's skin like his bones. Appropriate for a man I call Napoleon Bonespurs. <laughs> A.K.A. treasonous Trump. A.K.A. toupee fiasco. <laughs> Let me ask you all a question. What kind of country do you want? One that keeps getting better for super rich people and worse for you? One that keeps disrespecting the workers that make this country what it is? The union workers that are the foundation of this country? Just so Amazon can keep paying zero taxes so Jeff Bezos can shave his super bald head each morning with the world's best razors? So drug companies can keep charging rates that no human except Jeff Bezos' head can possibly afford to pay? While they rake in obscene amounts of profits off of your suffering?
A country that doesn't fight to keep jobs for its people? Because I don't want to live in that country. I want to live in America. In America, we value human workers. We value the people that build and run and maintain and repair and educate and protect this country. We value our union workers. And that is also why I will fight tooth and nail for a sweeping anti-corruption act. So our government finally fights for you. But it must be much more serious than the bills being proposed by other candidates. We must ban candidates finally from accepting any lobbyist money ever. And we also must pass a law that makes Congress vote on only one issue at a time. Clean bills with no poison pills so we take away their excuse for not doing what we need them to do. A do-nothing Congress should not try to multitask. <laughs> we can solve all of our problems by fixing the root cause of the climate crisis, mass shooting crisis, stagnant wage crisis, and healthcare crisis. The cause for all of them is corruption. We know it is. Our health and happiness should not hinge on the bottom line of greedy corporations. With a real anti-corruption bill, the working people of this country will finally have our needs met. We will finally have a seat at the table. And we will finally get our fair share of the profits because we create those profits. We can and must take our democracy back. We do not have time to be polite. Here's a frightening fact. What the people actually want has a statistically insignificant effect on whether our representatives vote for it. They're literally ignoring us. Our tax dollars pay their salaries and they don't even pay attention to what we say. That's just rude. <laughs> so today I am proposing a game-changing new policy as well. It is a new system that gives every American a direct say in what their representatives decide. It is known around the world as liquid democracy. But I call it connected democracy, because that is what we need. Every citizen will have the ability to seamlessly express how they want their representatives to vote. And their reps will pledge that they will then vote that way. Why wouldn't they vote how we want them to vote? With this new system, I will also change the way the presidency functions. By letting you decide whether I sign an executive order or not. By holding a vote on the secure, connected democracy platform. I will propose an executive order and tell the American people why I think it's a good idea. And then I will tell you that what I think really doesn't matter. What you think is what matters. Because even your president should be a true servant of the people. I pledge to do this for every executive order unrelated to national security or emergency funding. And I will only sign it if the majority of you vote for it. And it's not just theoretical, just so you know, this already is in use all around the country. Organizers and elected officials are using this exact tool to measure public opinion and change laws. And in fact, you can try it out right now. You can go to Gleam2020.com, click on Connected Democracy. And the best part is, this does not require any new legislation. If you elect me as your president, I implement it on day one. No one can tell me I can't listen to you. Let's take our democracy back.
Because we have waited far too long for change to come from the same people who've been in power forever. The same people who are running for president right now. If you are not sure who to vote for, here's a good way to decide. During the time they've been in power, have the things you actually care about gotten better or worse? Do you have affordable health care? Are tariffs impacting your business? Are the floods getting worse here in Iowa? Ask Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, why is the middle class shrunk during your incredibly lengthy term in office? They've promised it over and over again and not delivered for decades. In Bernie Sanders' case, centuries. <laughs> and with all due respect to Vice President Biden, he is making gaffes and misspeaking almost every sentence late, lately, and that is a recipe for failure against Donald Trump. And he said to his donors this election cycle that if he wins, nothing will fundamentally change. Are you kidding me, sir? With all respect, we need many things to fundamentally change. A statement like that should be disqualifying for us union workers. We need a living wage, paid family leave for mothers and fathers, full labor rights to farm workers and domestic workers, and a seat for workers on corporate boards. Warren and Bernie will not beat Trump. I think we feel that in our hearts. And there's no use having plans for that or saying you'll clear all student debt and make college free forever <laughs> if we lose again. I'm sorry to be so harsh, but again, our lives are on the line. So sorry, not sorry. Comedians tell the truth. We keep it real. Enough of the same old nothing. We need a bold leader. We need someone who you know for a fact will fight for you with every last breath because I need things to change as badly as you do. We need someone with nothing to lose because that is when you fight for real and that is when you fight hard and that is what I promise to do, to fight with all I have in my heart to improve your lives. It is time for brand new leadership. We do not have time to be polite. Let's take our democracy back. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It is very true, the refrain I kept repeating in that podcast. We do not podcast. I meant speech. Podcast is what you're listening to currently. We've now updated words we already know. In the speech from the AFL-CIO-Iowa convention that um, I had the honor of speaking at and making the case that I believe makes our campaign one that needs to be very strongly considered. And that I do indeed, once again, hope you donate at Glebe2020.com, whatever you can afford, and click the Join Us tab and offer to help even just a couple hours a day or, or a week even would be so helpful in any way that you might be able to contribute. Just come tell us on the website when you send the email attached to the email form. Uh, or if not, we can suggest tasks to you and you can click the boxes of things you want to do. Thank you so kindly. Um, also... You can watch something very interesting. As you know, I debated Tommy Lahren in 2016. All the issues of the election did it again in her Fox Nation studio. I'll be posting a clip of soon on my Instagram, at Ben Glebe, Instagram, Twitter. Please follow me, spread the word, Facebook. Um, YouTube, I'm posting all of the campaign videos. So it's youtube.com slash bglebe, the letter B, then Glebe for that. Um, but I'm going to New York tomorrow night for post-debate commentary after the three-hour debate. I will be live with Tommy Lahren. I think I mentioned that at the beginning. And 
past guest Aaron Elmore, um, t- doing live commentary on on my Facebook Live, Tommy Laren's Facebook Live, and Fox Nation's Facebook Live, and it will be hot and fiery. That makes it sound like a new taco from Taco Bell, but alas, it is not. And here now, from the very beginning of the campaign, Doug Stanhope and I in his hotel room, the day it all started. This is the uh, Doug Stanhope podcast swapcast with the Last Week on Earth podcast all together at once. If you don't know how swap casts work, we coined the term, and I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. If you're two comics that both have a podcast, it's one podcast. Yeah. You put it out on both your networks. Instead of, I'm like, come do mine, and we'll schedule three weeks from now when I have to now drive to you, and it's everybody's life withering away. And we're going to say the same away. shit to Same each other. shit. And I have to promote it twice? Although that is a question. How do we promote? Do we only promote our own? Yeah, just put it promote out. your own. We just, uh, we just say swap cast. Love that. Sounds dirty, but it's not. We're also in a hotel room very close to a bed. With your wife. Our mm-hmm. wife, I like to think of her. She's but my girlfriend. Let's slow your roll a little bit. It's your wife, my thing. girlfriend. Uh, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're a cult. We're a commune. <laughs> I like that. You are my presidential candidate. Yes, sir. Going right with it. You're in the blind, as they say in poker. Mm-hmm. If however many years ago you said... D- I don't even say his name. That guy could be president. Yeah. He'd go, no way. So why can't Ben Glebe be president? It's a very strong question. I say his name. I don't like to capitalize the letters of his name when I write it. I, I have that in my do. notes. Oh, you have that in your notes? Nice. Uh, yeah, but he certainly became president on a record of lying about his business acumen and then lying about everything else and then being a horrible human being and literally selling our entire country up the river or down the river. I'm not sure which the phrase is. Carmel, uh, when we break for advertisement in about uh, 19 minutes, mm-hmm. remind me to check the uh, Paul Provenza quote from a book where I said in like 2010. From Satirista's book. Yeah. The, in an interview, I said it's only a matter of time before we have celebrity president because the country is just hooked on shit TV yep. and shit people. Yep. That's why I'm running, Doug. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think you can win? I do think I can win. Um, it's a long shot, of course, but I do think I can win. Obviously, we now know stranger things have happened. And – Trump's TV show was about firing people, yet he got elected president. My TV show is about making you use your brain better and not being an idiot. So which would you rather have in the White House? It's called you know test, I ran for president. I do. I I'm very aware. What I was going to do it as a goof. Right. It's kind of a – sorry, but it's a cliched goof to run for president. <laughs> Pat Paulson did if, it. If you're doing it as a goof, it's cliched for sure. Well, I get talked into doing it legit – uh, for the Libertarian Party, because I, yeah, I got talked into the Libertarian theory. Yeah, but I realized quickly. I signed up. I did what you did. You signed up. You're like you're a legit candidate. I'm a legit candidate. But uh, and you have to know through Paul Provenza, like I started to look at the details. 
where, <laughs> oh, if I talk about this on stage to promote my candidacy, the ticket money could be considered uh, you know, campaign contribution right. and you're going to have to, I'm like, I, I can't figure out the fucking math on this. Right. I'm not even fully clear on the math on that myself. We're consulting with campaign lawyers and finance directors before I hit the road next. But luckily or unluckily, I didn't have a ton of upcoming dates. And so whatever the, the decision comes down on that, I'm just going to, if I have to not talk about the campaign on stage, I'll do rallies earlier in the day at the club and around town. And if I, uh, have to count the show itself. I'll just donate the money to the campaign. Yeah, I, uh, I'm you, a drunk, so I I, <laughs> I, you know, I can't deal with all this like figuring that. It's shit a out. lot of detail, man. That's been the most challenging things. It's been I've been thinking about this for over a year, but I have been and I rejected the call from this many times because of the intensity and because of what it'll do to your life and everything. Um, and I've built a career that I like and a life that is fun and chill and happy and pretty good overall. And I'm risking all of that to, you know, throw my hat into the ring. But for the last three, four weeks, since this has been moving full force and building a team and getting volunteers together, it is an intense focus just on rules and on your flyers have to be printed by union shops and every detail is like very elaborate. Honestly, 2007, when I was, gonna run mm -hmm. and i think it lasted like three months where i go i'm i i really became the most miserable person i realized <laughs> how little i know about anything in politics like i don't know the house of representatives from the fucking ways and means committee or i don't know any of that shit i had like four great points <laughs> and then i go oh but once i ran as a libertarian I get all the Libertarian Party people saying, you're not running as a... Uh, uh, I'm running as a Democrat. Oh, because... Well, well, we'll show you a commercial. You don't actually say how you're running. And the, in my launch video, I do oh, say I'm trying to get in the Democratic debate. I only watched debate. two. You sent me a fucking bunch of <laughs> links, and I keep telling you, I can't watch shit on I my phone. My how can you not watch stuff shit. on your phone? Because my phone... It's uh, I get an old phone. I mean, I, I suck that it. because links on the phone is. A I'm very, not running for president. It's a strong point. I'm going to put a I'm phone in a every podcast. pocket, Doug. I don't even have video on my podcast, much <laughs> less my phone. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, if you only know four things, maybe it's better to be a postcard than a president. But I know more than four things. I don't know every single detail, but I'm ready to go out there and make my points. There's a, there's a lot of. Uh, well, I, I, I would say most voters are, are single issue voters, single platform. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what is a word for it? Single issue voters. Yeah. Anti-abortion or immigration or gun control or something. Yeah. It's one thing. Yeah. So if you had one platform that you were going to go after, what's your number one? My number one reason for running is to stop Donald Trump. So I don't know if that's a policy position, but I just feel like every progressive, every progressive candidate, every Democrat running is trying to espouse the same ideals basically within a margin of error. It's very similar things, and they all want to stop Trump, but Trump is an existential crisis. He's an existential risk to our nation, to the values of our existence as our experiment of American democracy and our freedoms are at risk because of this fucking orange madman, crybaby Trump, 
treasonous traitor Donald Trump. And so I want to stop him, and I think a comedian is uniquely suited to do that because he's the best trash talker heckler Uh, in the world. uh, Ukraine? The president of Ukraine just elected a few weeks ago. Comedian? Comedian. Zero Uh, prior political uh, experience. uh, I I, I have some. I I don't try to pronounce his name correctly. Zelensky? No, uh, 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 Yonar, uh, John Nar, uh, <laughs> became the mayor of Reykjavik. He's a comedian, uh-huh. ran a joke when, uh, Iceland went tits up in the, uh, 2008, the, the whole economic crash. Mm-hmm. They were at the center of, they were like a big, you know, banking thing. They crashed. So he, they ran a joke campaign, had an entire joke, the best party. That was their party. Right. And the guy from the Sugar Cubes was one of the count. They, he got, and he, he got elected mayor of Reykjavik, yeah. which is basically the president of Iceland. <laughs> That's a good point. So, no one else is living in the outskirts around there. Nine Tucson, guys. It's, the population of Tucson, Arizona <laughs> yes. is Reykjavik. Maybe and- I need to, to have less positions. There's actually an advice a friend of mine gave me. It was like, I, it's almost a scientific fact that the candidate with the least positions on their website wins. But I felt like I had a hurdle to climb with people taking a comedian seriously. So I put 13 issues just with the launch. And only me, Elizabeth Warren, Kirsten Gillibrand, and Bernie Sanders have any issues listed on their website. Everybody else is just, here's my story. I grew up in a small box. I grew up wearing hats, whatever they said about themselves. And that's why you're supposed to support them because they had great hats. But if you have one issue that you're passionate about, yeah, what would be the one issue if you were going to go after? Because I have a, a I have a suggestion. Sure, I have many thoughts on it, but I want to hear your suggestion. Anti-Trump. I, yeah, that's in my notes that just fell okay. on the floor. Because just going after Trump is well. I'll tell you what my main what I have a few main issues. One is restoring our democracy. I think it's just essential, not just because of Trump's risks, because of foreign interference in our elections, because of gerrymandering, literally carving black people out of districts or carving them into other districts so they don't win elections. Having a shift to digital ballots that make our whole elections up for grabs and up for question if they're they're even authentic or not. So going back to only paper ballots. Have you considered being a black candidate? I have considered it. I can and I looked into it, and I'm not going to fall into an Elizabeth Warren trap. So I'm not going to even run the DNA test. I'm just telling people that I am African American. I've decided right now. You get some thick hair. Thank you very much. I'm Jewish, so we have a very similar ancestry in that way. No, that's very true. Gleberman? Jewish? Yeah, Gleberman is my legal name. Jewish. Surprising, isn't it? I like you go with Glebe. Thank you very much. That's E-I-B. E-I-B. And that's another thing. If you had one uh, platform to go, I would get rid of the I before E kind of shit. Yeah, that should not be a law. I'm going to outlaw that law. Oh, it's E-E-B. That's no, the one misspelling for Glebe2020.com that I did not purchase. I figured no one's spelling it E-E-B. I got I-E-B. I got E-I-B. When I Googled you today, mm-hmm. I had to go E-I-I-E. What's the point? Old McDonald had a farm, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Up in this motherfucker. Was There's E-I. no reason for an I in Glebe. It's a strong there point. There is no I in Glebe. That's oh, there you go. <laughs> also, you can't spell America without me. There Are you aware yeah. of that? And we're going to try to put the try back in country, Doug. It's already there at the end of the word, but like. Privatized prisons. I know you have a. uh, Not privatize them. You would think we should privatize them more? No, no. I know that's one of your platforms. Yes, it is. So so the last issue on restoring our democracy is also um, banning the electoral college, abolishing it. 
because one person should have one vote. More people live near cities than they should have more votes based on the number of people in those cities. I don't think it should be weighted against where populations move. Um, yes, we need to, I think, ban private prisons. We need to uh, not be trying to make money off of putting people in jail for selling weed in their neighborhood. First of all, who hasn't appreciated the guy selling weed in their neighborhood? So you're going to now put the guy in. You're going to buy his weed and then put him in jail? That's rude. Oh, you're going to get me off on a tangent, but I'm. I don't mind that. But that's one. Yeah, you kind of legalizing weed kind of killed a nice black market. That's a strong point. Uh, uh, occupation where, yeah, Seth that used to buy weed from in his apartment, yeah, Pineapple and- Express. Mm. Now he's at Walmart with a name tag making eight twenty five an hour selling weed. <laughs> Not Walmart, <laughs> but weed store. Wouldn't it have been nice if one? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, maybe you can, get, you can still nice. get like an underground operation. Like the greeter should be, should maybe offer you bonuses on the way in. You'd buy a lot more in the store. Slip you a little something. You don't something. look at your weed dealer the same way no. if he's behind a counter with a name tag. That's a strong point. You don't look at him the same way. You still look at him because he's a human being. Well, you don't have to talk to him anymore. That's true. And how come every- You don't have to smoke weed with him. Wouldn't it have been nice if there was one weed dealer who you go into his apartment and it was nice and it was like kept well? It wasn't like a couch with every stain and like residues on it and ashes everywhere. I'll be honest with you. I never had to buy drugs because I've been a comedian for 30 years Mm -hmm. and they just hand them to you. And most Mm -hmm. of the time you have to just say, I can't. Yeah. I'm traveling. Yeah. They don't even give it to you sometimes. I can't do wrapped up in anything. It's just like a loose nug of weed, and all of a sudden you're smelling like weed in your pockets. Do you smoke weed? I do. No, I don't. I'm not, not during the campaign. But I do smoke weed well, pre-campaign. I haven't thus far. Gary Johnson did. Look how that campaign went. Yeah. I still don't know where Aleppo is. I know. He really screwed that one up. <laughs> Aleppo, I don't know, but I do know I'm high right now. That was a mistake, Gary. Um, and then stuck his tongue out during interviews. I mean, I would do that. I'm not that but, uh, presidential. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, some of the things that I uh, – well, the prison, we have the biggest prison – population in the world mm-hmm. we have what or was it two million people mm-hmm. in jail or prison and disproportionately for minorities they can't vote but if they have two million uh, a population of two million in prison mm-hmm. that means they have to have four or five eight family members that can vote and if you went after prison just like focused on prison reform Mm -hmm. and releasing nonviolent offenders well you have that many people that can vote prisoners can't vote bernie sanders trying to change that but yes it's true prisoners currently can't vote eight times two million you got now 16 million votes lose by a landslide but it's but you make a number you register. You make a huge number. It's true. And you put that issue on the map. Well, but here's another part of, of prison reform that I think is a unique idea that no one has talked about. And people think it's ridiculous, and I think it's just common sense. You want to end corporate crime? Combine white-collar prisons with blue-collar prisons. Which is worse? A weed dealer who's now sentenced to life in prison because it's his third time getting arrested for that, or a corporate white-collar criminal who stole millions, ruined millions of lives. People kill themselves over things like that. People's lives get shattered. They have to move. They're homeless. That's a worse crime 
yet they get to go to country club prisons? Why possibly? Would it easier because they're white? Because they're because I they're am, wearing uh, a shirt with buttons? I'm gonna be so against you right now. Why? Uh, in that all the, the brutal prison that you're talking about. Oh, white collar prison. No one should be sent to any kind of prison like we have. Prison is cruel and unusual punishment. Sure. It just creates worse prisoners. Sure. And but shouldn't we equalize them first? At least everybody to no, the same you prison. Make them rehabilitative. That's, yes, agreed. But how fast would we fix the prison system if corporate criminals were going to that same prison? There would be reform money into it immediately. There'd be reform. They would be rehabilitative. They would be much better systems to get people back on their feet and not put them in a zone where they get beaten up and or raped on the daily. That's not a good setup. Yeah. Sending anyone to that, that's not. I'm just saying if, if, if weed dealers are being sent there, shouldn't people who are ruining lives be sent there? And then that's where the money is. Those people have the money. If you follow the money, I'm, I'm I'm with you with theory, but then you'll have that fixed. Why not? What you'd rather keep them going to unlocked? No, I'm corporate. No one should be raped in prison. I agree with you on that. So the platform, the whole nation can get behind. But it happens, and it happens right now only to blue collar criminals. That's on the lighter, and that's going to fall. There you go. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, It happens now just to people that are committing crimes that are at least as bad, in some cases less bad. So I'm just saying, equal the playing field. I would say that. Uh, it's a good platform to get votes. Sure. Because people want other people to be punished while they sit at home like it's a fucking reality game show. Oh, yeah, you should get raped in prison. <laughs> Head off. This is a new kind of elimination show you've created there, I think. No, you're the one who started this. I did Send not. white collar criminal. Yeah, I did not say televise it and make it a reality show. Uh, my plan is just equity when it comes to punishment for crimes just because someone's not using their hands to commit a crime does not make it less bad it makes it worse in oftentimes all right so there's that one you go we're we're going to break i've convinced you are we at 20 all right so i got many more we got to get people access to health care can't afford it oh we're going i get i get notes down there okay good and we're gonna go to break. Big money out of politics. My swap cast. Yes, this is a swap cast. Swap cast. And so I'm gonna uh, our audio version will go to our commercial, and we're gonna run the video right now of your Little behind the scenes bonus. No, your video for your, your 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 your. I don't have video ads. We're just gonna be sitting here in silence. No, I just watched your like. Hey, oh, you want me to put me. in a sure vote yeah, for me? You're ad. gonna run that. Smart. Do you do editing or does she? Neither of us. We just no release the shit on release, unedited. All right. Well, then there's, then there will be a quick pause, mm-hmm. and then we'll be right back. <laughs> Please hold. We back on the Swapcast, mm-hmm. the Doug Stanhope podcast, and Ben Glebe's last week on Earth. Brought to you by the Glebe 2020 Campaign Fund. If you just give a one dollar donation or whatever you can afford, because this shit is very expensive, sixty five thousand one dollar donations get me on the debate stage. There are two spots left. We get a comedian's voice, a true outsider's voice on that stage. It's early. We got a year and a half plus till the election. Why should every candidate be career politicians or multimillionaires? If you if you if you I agree that's stupid, then give me a dollar. Glebe2020.com. I'm 
and please do donate. A dollar. Five bucks. A dollar. Yeah, if you can do five, do five. But a dollar is great. Yeah. Assholes. Killer termites. Come on. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know shit about politics. I found that out quick and harsh, and it it ruined my life. I've never been happy since I did that three-month stint where that I ruined your myself life. Seriously, not really. Why not? I, I feel like dropping out. It probably got really good again by comparison. As soon as I quit, I was like, "I'm so happy." <laughs> I was such a like I used to be a fun doing mushrooms guy. <laughs> like, and then I took myself seriously. Mm-hmm. I go, "Oh, this would be a funny joke." And then when when it I got, got real, into libertarians backed you into a corner. I was gonna just do a like a Pat Rand Paul's Paul was movie. curling his hair at you. Oh. Flicking oh his little God. suspender hairs Rand at you. Paul, I love Rand Paul, but mm-hmm. he, that hair, he, he could can't never be president. Get no, he's raggedy That's and all. For men. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I he, can see his hair constantly on. wet. It's, there's a whole lake inside his noggin. It's absurd. You can't elect a raggedy Andy doll as your leader. It's abs- it doesn't make any sense. But then who's the president? Strong point. Exactly. Maybe we're wrong about that theory. At least, it's Rand, at least it's Rand Paul's real hair. Trump, what is going on with that? I saw one picture of his hair coming uh, back you, where he looked better. You have better. to stop that. Well, yeah, no, it's sorry. I was going to say that's there's such a dichotomy with us as comedians. Yeah. Where you go, yeah, just talking about his hair is really fucking hackneyed. Sure it is. But people vote for hackneyed. They vote mm. for that guy. Yeah, because he's an asshole on TV. Yeah, and they he's would got vote great for catchphrases. A Kardashian or a fucking the comedian Jersey would probably make Shore. it is Larry the Cable Guy is probably the one. Absolutely, get her done in the primaries. It's all we have to say every time he campaigns, and, and it would work. It would work very well. So I will definitely support a comedian for president i mean that's the big i'm happy to hear you say that because that's the biggest premise of the whole thing is that look none of people say should what kind of experience do you have to be president none of the candidates running this is a news flash have been president before A a solid zero of them one of our greatest presidents george washington had never held public office before there wasn't public office because he was like created it all but still it's a strong point you don't need experience in knowing how to be a person who surrounds themselves with the brightest minds, listens to people's ideas, and formulates policies that will help people. What matters is finally having somebody in office who's not a career politician, who's not entrenched. Comics are the realest people of the maybe not fully real people. Last bastion of freedom of speech, exactly which is right. now being threatened even in our business. Yeah, it's crazy. So like Trump created this term of fake news that has perpetrated itself around the globe we live in what's called a post-truth era now i don't know how we even accepted that without a fight but the whole society is like the news are like no no post-truth era dan rather's like we live in a post-truth era we just gave up on truth without even a battle on that shit and so if we're living in an era where truth is at least being eroded very quickly and you can just say fake news on facts and people think it's it's bullshit well, Comedians also- are the last place you go for the truth. That's why people go to John Stewart for the news and Samantha B and John Oliver and all these people. So why shouldn't a comedian be the source of truth for your government as well? Why only senators who have been in government and gotten zero done? All right. Well, let's uh, bring or up close Al to zero. Franken, mm-hmm. who everyone in the comedy community and beyond supported. Yeah. 
and then he just capitulated. Yeah, they to, forced him out pretty quick. Because uh, I I did a, a risque sketch with a lady. Right. <laughs> like, and he grabs some people's butts in, in photos, but compa- not that it's good to do that by any means, but compared to what the president has done and is fine and nobody kicks him out of office, it's a little bit like Bill Maher says that Democrats eat their own a little bit too much. Um, let the people decide if what Al Franken did was worthy of being kicked out of office or not. But all the senators just pushed him out very quickly. No, he don't let the capitulated. people decide. The people elected Donald Trump. The fuck? <laughs> well, I said the people that name. elected him. I try to never name. say his name. If, if we could go one week, the entire country, without saying that name, he would melt. He would implode. Yeah. His ego would just, just fall apart. Although, and, if you say it two more times while looking in the mirror, he will haunt your dreams. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> Uh, so I'll try to not say it two more times if possible. But yeah, look, we live in a very, very interesting era. And I think there's very important strides being made for women in the world. And sometimes these things overcorrect a little bit. And um, Al Franken paid a price for it. I think what he did is not the most egregious of all things, but he also didn't behave well for a senator in some of I, those things. Yeah. I, 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 You're a senator. You shouldn't be grabbing people's butts during photos. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if he, I don't, I don't follow what you do. <laughs> I know it that was, was why he had to resign. Just, it wasn't just because of the sketch and trying to kiss Leanne tweeting backstage. It was also, he, he apparently like as a Senator would take photos and like behind would grab their butts during a photo as a Senator, which is maybe not what you want. I see. I would, while do that. I would still do that. You would still do day. it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll still sign a breast if necessary. Not what, not, not in office, but before office and then afterwards, if somebody wants me to, because you know, no one approaches you to have their breast signed. Have it, you ever had the in a business that happen way. where uh, someone after a show says sign my tit, but it's a tit that's had too many uh, uh, babies weaned off of it, and it's stretch marked, and you have to like spread the skin like it's scrotum because the sharpie. Said, First uh, of all, I'd like to say that I love that you have the comparison point. Of what it's also like to spread a scrotum to sign it. So I like that you've got the oh, full range. Oh, I've done that. I actually had a guy say, hey, will you sign my balls? Because last time you were in town, you signed my dick. <laughs> and I'm sure it's accurate. I go, sure. Bat wing him. His <laughs> penis said dope. But when he got hard, it said Doug Stanhope. Ah, a little variation clever, on the old joke. Clever. There, you know? Thank you very much. Um, I've never had to sign anything of, of, of that ilk, and I'm, I'm glad, but I would. I have no discrimination against You've people. You've never with, had to sign a tit after oh, a show? Oh, I have not one that's that you have to s- s- scrape and stretch or whatever term you use. Oh, you get like – I'm getting, you know, like ones that prime, are uh, – I mean, I'm, I don't know what – I'm not playing silicone. retirement homes. Are you doing a lot of retirement home gigs? Well, uh, my fan base is uh, – Douglas, little, please. Little Sign bit. my bosoms. Are they calling them bosoms when they ask you to sign it I too, Doug? No, Maybe you get a, a lot of titty dancers at your shows with <laughs> – implants but uh yeah i get i get a little bit of a more ragged audience okay. and a, a sign a lot more dicks and balls than i do tits i like that you don't discriminate on who you sign don't. have you thought about instead of signing maybe for the older audience members just bring stickers with your name on it and just, just plop it right on and you're good to go see you're Solutions. already a problem solver mm-hmm. these are the kind of ideas i can bring to our nation so you're welcome america Cleave 2020.com one dollar right. <laughs> one dollar Get them on the stage. I mean, if you can give 10 bucks, it's great, but a dollar is wonderful. 
Uh, it's expensive to run these campaigns. I'm sure you're aware. Uh, we can't hire staff. We have what we already got with the one dollar donations, but we can get on the stage, and then hopefully more money would come in. But we can get that experiment fully completed with just one dollar donations, sixty five thousand. That's it. You get a lot of people behind you. Mm-hmm. No, like, I love it. I'm. I. This other thing that my campaign has I'm decided to do. Giving you a chance to drop some names. Oh, a lot of people behind me. Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Paul Smith. Pervenza. My podcast on Kevin Smith's network. Paul Pervenza, dear friend, the comedy Yoda. Um, dear dear man. Who apologized to me for not putting me in the Satirista's book later? I'm like, it's too late now. I'm not in it, and you fucked up pretty bad. Yeah, the uh, the aristocrats, aristocrats. In the green room, which I loved that show so much. I made a cameo in the green room. You you were a full guest. I just yeah, made I was a cameo. A full guest. The best one was Patrice mm. with Bob Saget and Patrice, the scariest comic I've ever known, and I didn't really know him. He's but so was, funny. Like one of those guys that you're afraid because you know he could eviscerate, he could find your weak spot and yeah. tear you to yeah. shreds. Yeah. Just, just backstage. Looking at your face, your countenance, one turn of uh, an emotion in your face, he could read it and then tear you apart. This and he is tried true. to do that to Bob Saget on the green oh, room. Oh, shit. And I don't remember this. It's like, did he, say did something he... off the top of your head. Why don't you just, what do you just do jokes? And then Bob Saget responded in kind and said some shit off the top of his head. And it was fucking beautiful. Oh, nice. And I think that's the one that Roseanne and Sandra Bernhardt. That's a good lineup. uh, Yeah, I think those were the other two where it was just a beautiful show, The Green Room. My favorite moment from it was the other great, amazing panel was well, they had amazing a bunch of them, but it was the one with Marin and Shanling and Apatow and Bo Burnham and Provenza's like Bo's this amazing young comedian. He writes these songs that are like make you question society and all these amazing things. But you play one, he goes to his piano and says plays a beautiful song about teen angst and growing up not knowing who you are and he finishes it and the whole crowd is raptured by it and Provenza turns to the panel and goes, Huh? Pretty amazing and Marin goes, That's cute. <laughs> Marin's a guy I'm afraid of too. Yeah, in, I, I've had in my a, encounters in a with Marin. Way where I I think Marin hates me the same way I hate Marin because I think Marin thinks I hate him. I feel like a lot of people think Marin hate him, and it's probably true eighty percent of the time. I bet he probably hates eighty percent of his podcast guests. I'm bitter he's never asked me on his podcast, but you know I, I have bigger fights to pick. <laughs> But I'm a little upset about it. One time, Marin, so I'm at the Vancouver Comedy Festival, and this is like 10 years ago, and I was showcasing for Eddie Brill, who was the booker of Letterman, Letterman. at the time, and a great guy and a comic, very funny comic. And I uh, did two back-to-back crystal clean TV sets, crush it, nine and a half minutes, crushed it. He comes backstage, Brill, and I'm sure I booked Letterman. And he says to me, Ben, that was amazing. So wonderful. Let me tell you why you're still a year plus out from doing Letterman. Marin misses that sentence. 
walks backstage right after and just hears Brill going, it was so great, this joke and this point and this point. Marin in maybe his very angry days got in between me and Eddie, who were already only two feet apart from each other, in my face, nose to nose, like it was the beginning of a prize fight. And he goes, look at you with your cute little jokes, your fucking candy jokes about Reese's peanut butter cup. Do you think you're so fucking great? How do you think you're so cute? It's disgusting to me. Oh. And he bounces. And I was like, the fuck was I just didn't get Letterman, bud. Thanks for adding <laughs> insult to injury on what just became the worst moment of my life. <laughs> About to get beaten by Mark Marin and didn't book a late night. It's spot. a weird thing where you know you're internally a prick and then you see a mirror reflection in Mark Marin and you go he must hate me the way I hate other people. Uh-huh. So now I hate him. Like, unless, unless someone goes out of their way to tell me they like me, I assume everyone hates me. Mm, makes sense. But Mark Marin, you assume even harder. So you've not done his podcast. Yeah, I've done it oh, twice. Twice. I did it once. So he and definitely the second me, time he, I know he was doing it cause he had to. And then he shuffled me off because he had someone else coming in. He didn't have to do it. Once again, I've not done the podcast. Well, that's, I mean, you're a legend. He but probably still, thought he had to do it because he didn't want me to hate him mm. the way he thinks I hate him. He didn't want you going on your podcast or a swap cast one day and saying how much of a dick he is and how much. I like Mark Maron. Except I like I, him as a man, except when from he wants a distance. to beat me down and not book me on his podcast. Yeah, that you have a better story. I have a David Cross story that's in my last book. Okay. Where I hated. David Love Cross David for Cross. years for one just when I was a, a kid comic it was a, a small slight but it made me feel that shitty what was it it's a it's a long it's story, a long story. But, but a small story where you guys hey you can't sit here I'm with people it's that's the uh. basic but I was in a day where I thought all comics sat at the same back of the room table because I was from the road. Right. And I sat down and then they made me feel like just a fucking I'm with people. And I and I've probably done that a million times since <laughs> where fucking some open micer came and interrupted a conversation. I'm like, I'm trying to fucking talk here like now that I'm the guy. Right. So I didn't want to talk to him. He was in a seat you could smoke in. It's a long story. Every it's time, every time. It's they- in my book. This is not fame, <laughs> which a good friend of mine said, Oh yeah, your first book was a book. Yeah. The second one, that's your, that book's more of a podcast. So <laughs> I, I, every I time you do never forget that. Every time you do that now to a young comic, do you call David Cross crying and apologizing for the way you mischaracterized no, it, him? No, but he did follow me on Twitter. So I, I guess, okay. uh, yeah, uh, he doesn't He's really hate me as much as I... Th- as you hated him one day. Yeah, that's from the 90s. That's holding oh, a grudge a long time. Oh, come on. Tell me one thing. Oh, I had some notes. Oh, yeah. I was going to do some presidential things. Oh, Instead good. of uh, boxers or briefs, Cut or uncut, but you're Jewish. So that that answers uh, that. uh, I asked Hillary Clinton one time at the end of her first presidential campaign. One-on-one, I go up to her in this place where I wasn't probably supposed to be. And I went up to her and I said – it was the last throws of her campaign when she was trying to beat Obama, but Obama was clearly surging. And I said to her, we've learned so much about you in the course of this campaign. One question that helped your husband's campaign. We don't know about you yet. Behind the pantsuit, boxers or briefs. 
And she just like goes wide eyed, keeps walking. And I'm like, boxers and briefs. And she just gives me an awkward thumbs up and keeps walking. <laughs> I turned to the camera and I was like, my guess is another pantsuit. I think it's pantsuits all the way down with her. That's what I believe. I would have changed. And I don't have an answer for this. I was, uh, I, I should have pre, I would change the national anthem to anything but the national anthem because it's a fucking <laughs> horrible song. Interesting. Did you ever get I that love, stuck in your head? Yeah, I've gotten like, stuck. Uh, I love the national anthem. When I was in, I'm like really? patriotic. It's 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 maybe almost embarrassing. When I was a kid in third grade, there was a record player, and every morning the teacher would let the next student choose a song to play. And whenever it would come to my turn, I'd always choose a national anthem. I think it's a beautiful ballad. I like to belt it out. I sometimes sing it during a sound check. Your 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 uh, first lady is actually nodding that you're not lying. Yeah, it's a fucking horrible. I song. play it on the kazoo sometimes. I'm one of the great kazoo players. I don't know if you know that, and I sometimes play it on the kazoo, much That's to her a, dismay and my dog's dismay as he tries to fall asleep. I was going to actually write that down because Bill Clinton with the saxophone. Yeah, mine's the kazoo. Do you have a kazoo? I usually carry it with me, but God I started. Damn it! For the last three weeks, I don't know if it's presidential. I should keep carrying it because. But the kazoo is much more accessible instrument, much more every man instrument than a saxophone. Think about that. Red, white, and blue. I would change the flag. You would? To a, yeah, I get a patriotic feeling when I see that flag. Ever. Not to wear. It's not great colors. but They're fucking awful On a colors. flag, they evoke patriotism. I would go with a, a lime green mm. and a, an orange, but not like a safety cone orange. And maybe a turquoise. Well, that's that's similar Lime green is something that I talk about in my act sometimes. It's about not our national colors, but how polarized our politics have become. They literally just try to keep us apart. This orange right there. Like a burnt orange. This. I like that orange. This orange. Orange is my favorite color. But My too. Really? Cheers. Yeah. Fucking go Netherlands. World Mm -hmm. Cup. Mm -hmm. Fuck America. Well, it's a strong statement, I feel like. I'm running for president, Doug, and you're fully aware of this. And so, Well, if you can change it to a place where I no longer say fuck America – I'm all for you. Oh, I like that. Okay, I'll take that as a personal challenge. How about? But let me just say, they, they, they polarize our politics so much that they've even color-coded us. That's why I don't like labels so much. Red and blue, they literally color. That's the exact colors of Bloods and Crips. Literally, that's maybe some part of why we're so at each other's throats. Maybe when I say on stage, we would, we would have a more chill political discourse. We'd rebrand at the party's peach and lime green. Think about it. People are a lot more relaxed. Are you more relaxed when you see a, a, a tropical Skittles pack or a traditional Skittles pack? Tropical. Reminds you of vacations. Democrat and Republican. Which one's the donkey and which one's the elephant? Donkey is Democrat. Elephant right. is, is Republican. I don't know that. You didn't know that? No. Hmm. It's just trying to find viewers dumb as me. Trying to gotcha me on that one. Yeah, I'm not going to answer your gotcha trying. questions. How Doug. much is a gallon of milk? <laughs> gallon of, I don't know, $4? Like I don't know. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I should have said that. These are the deflections. Smart. Very I'm smart. lactose intolerant. That's the one thing you people know. are trying to tell me is you don't have to answer every question, but I'm too, I'm a comedian. I like it. I like every question is a personal challenge to me. So I like to answer them as directly as I can. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, that was my only gutchy question. I Thank just you. came up with it. You're hard hitting. You're uh, like Barbara Wall. You're like the uh, Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Uh, I smoked pot uh, with David Cross once. It was an exciting moment for me. And then Bob Odenkirk, who I love more than anybody, I love Bob Odenkirk, and Mr. Show is one of my favorite shows of all time, had him on my podcast years ago, and I had a show years before that on National Lampoon that that was this kind of stream of consciousness, tangentially connected show, a little bit inspired by Mr. Show, and so I couldn't wait to talk to Odenkirk about it. He's in my old apartment, my shitty little apartment I used to live in, 
and for a very long time. And I said to him, so you guys must have been stoned out of your minds writing that show. It was so weird. Now the boxing goes, are you kidding me? The connections we had to make, the detail of writing a script every week. We were stone cold sober, maybe cross smoked occasionally after a taping, after we had Zanku chicken at midnight. We, we, I was like, my mind was shattered. I'm like, you guys were not high for that? And he's like, no, we weren't high. And he looks down and he goes, is this a, ch- a, a nug of weed on your table? I just had loose weed on the table. It was a come to Jesus moment for me. I felt very stupid. There was a, yeah, there was there, there was a moment in the nineties. It seemed like everybody sobered up. Yeah, like everyone was all was fucked astounded. up and drinking, and then everyone went sober. Or maybe that was just my social circle where people grew up and I didn't. Hmm. But just all of a sudden, everyone's sober. That and, when you all of a sudden you're drinking by yourself, and you're the where is everybody? Yeah, I'm still here. Hi, good for you. You're doing it. Do it your way. Yeah, it works for me. I like that. I ain't running for president. No, you're not. That's just dumb. That was three dark months in your life. I will I will I will support you, Thank you for sir. president. Thank you very much. I I'll call Rovia in the middle of the night. Here's another idea <laughs> I had. I, I like do that it. to the impractical jokers. Do you, Sal? I Sal, love Sal. Sal. Yeah, Sal, Sal and Quinn. <laughs> you give them ideas for the day drink and go, here's an idea. What you got to do? You go to a shooting range. <laughs> Where does this prank go? But all the all the uh, targets are like a, a mother shielding her child from a school shooting <laughs> or something. Yeah. And that's did, a target. Did, you did they to- use that bit? No, they I don't feel like no, they would have just sit there on speakerphone and they just placate us. <laughs> okay, yeah, we got to go. Yeah, do you think maybe I mean I hate to like normally I would I would I would let a joke lie, but during the presidential campaign I have to say I feel like I I believe in the second amendment strongly. I shoot guns and I enjoy it sometimes. Also, kids should not fear getting shot at school. School is shitty enough already, hard enough to focus with that on top of your head. We just need common sense regulation we can meet in the middle on this. You can have a gun, but you also shouldn't get a gun faster than you can get toilet paper on Amazon Prime. That should be uh, obvious. See, this is where we're going to part ways All right. on Bring politics. It. Bring it. Is, uh, no, there shouldn't be schools. No if, schools. No. That's an interesting platform. Well, uh, not no schools. Wouldn't take us under advisement. You fucking can you call me two in the morning school. and tell me this? Pay for school. If you're going to have a kid, yeah. you should be able to afford everything about that kid. I should not have to pay for your fucking kid's school. That my tax money, I, I don't have a kid. First of all, I'm astounded you don't have a kid by this point in your life. You probably do. No, I have one abortion and one vasectomy in that order. Oh, you got the vasectomy. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I thought I was sterile by now with all the drugs and alcohol. You thought, but no. I've never impregnated a girl. But when I did and she had to have an abortion, I did the right thing and got a vasectomy. But yeah, if you're going to have a fucking to, kid, you should be able to pay for the fucking well, That's thing. something that you're saying because you got the vasectomy. But let's say you didn't get the vasectomy like most men do because, ouch, that sounds painful. And then, uh, no, I wouldn't want the general public if, to have if, to pay for but, my stupid but let's, kid But there's that kids I can't out raise. there that people have by accident or have and then some, they lose a job and they can't afford to take care of that kid. That kid should just go out in the streets wandering without any, any education because their parents fucked up. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you thought uh, this one through. That's where GoFundMe comes in. <laughs> or 
adoption Mm -hmm. for all these people that are getting fucking fertility drugs. There's fucking living people out there. Mm. We're already taxing all of our, uh, uh, what do you call it? The oil and shit. The the thing. What's the word for? You're having a stroke right now. You're right. No, the 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 depleted resources, like natural resources. Yeah, we're depleting our natural resources. We're drilling on our own lands. We're jackhammering into mountaintops for oil. And that's because, listen, we have this. We have this every time we get drunk at the Funhouse. Yeah, on the Doug Stanhope podcast. Afterwards, we talk about all the problems in society, and almost every time. The answer is overpopulation. Well, yeah. what if we do this, this, and then, uh, and then we? It's a lot of people. Yeah, but then people are going to keep fucking and bringing more people to the party, where the party's already over full and depleting natural resources. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's overpopulation is the. Yeah, but how are you going to stop that? You going to go China one child policy? Incentive based eugenics. <laughs> oh my god. Sure. That's one way to go about it, Doug. Listen, I think eugenics, this is already out on a special, but Uh it's a fucking brilliant idea. Incentive based. Incentive based eugenics where, hey, the incentives, like if, if you tie your tubes, Mm -hmm. you'll get a lifetime supply of Sunny D. (laughs) First of all, nobody wants Sunny D. Secondly, no, the people you don't want procreating want Sunny mm, D. They want it's it more than trash. the purple stuff, too, which yeah. is another oh, strong point. You mean if I cut off my balls, I can go crossbow Sunny hunt D for with life. Ted Nugent? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> but you don't really have to cut off your balls. Well, that's nice. It's just a small incision in the vas, des- defram- uh, vas deferens. De- deferens. No, I want to cut off my whole balls. That's the That bad. way they can hang them behind their truck. Yep. I like that idea. Um, I don't even know that it's eugenics if it's just voluntary and you get paid for it. So then, then, then I can maybe get behind it. I don't mind the idea of paying people to not have kids. That, you know, that's not a bad idea, but I do think that if they do have kids, you should not let them wander the streets as vagrants. No, you, you, you should be able to educate them so that we don't have a country of a bunch of people walking around aimlessly banging their heads in the wall and turning into a bunch of angry, tiny-handed Donald Trumps. Well, if... Uh, if I've said it twice. We said it twice now. One more and he appears. How much... Like, I have a ninth-grade education, mm-hmm. and I had to wait that long to quit because everything I learned from public school, I knew by third grade. Basic reading, writing, math, and then the rest is bullshit. They don't teach you anything in... They're teaching yeah. you how to sit still yeah. at a desk, yep. training you to be a drone in a fucking corporation yeah. in a cubicle, and there's none of that you need to know. Totally, History. that's another one of my uh, one of my plans. I agree. It doesn't make any sense. So much. You're exactly right. So much of what our school systems teach is just mindless facts. You learn dates instead of the yeah. concept behind the thing. Why did a war happen? No one knows. But it happened in 1812. Who gives a shit about the number of the year? Exactly. It's memorization. Memorization, just so people could develop the skills that help them do mindless tasks. And so what I would do, part of my plan, is to modernize schools and our curriculums big time. It's There's this amazing video that the XQ Institute shows that tries to help get people involved in their local school boards. And it shows all the technology that society has evolved over the last 50 years hundred years and then classrooms it's still a dusty chalkboard and old little wooden desks and chalk from like from like milk bottle delivery people times 
It's insane. It's ridiculous. It's, so we're it, going to put high-speed internet in classrooms. taxation paying for babysitting because they know, oh, mom and dad have to fucking work right. a day job. So we'll make these kids sit there for right. eight hours so mom and dad can work. And the kids don't know anything other than right. bullying and bullshit. And That's why you also have fucking to- Fucking prison. You got to teach life skills, right? So you have to teach people- there's never been a no. No one ever has a financial class. Learn how to save. Learn how to budget your money. Taxes never taxes, class, should, taxes should, be, should be classes. The IRS yes. could not pass a fucking course in IRS tax code. Right. Like that's a like I think that's a Trump thing. It's a weird thing about Trump where if he does something good, just because he's a dildo, right? Everyone is like against him doing good. Yeah, no, when, it, when good things happen, I, I, I give him credit for it. It's few and far between, but I'm not someone that I, – I think he gets criticized too much for every little tiny thing. Like, oh, Trump walked ahead of the Queen of England during a procession. Let that one go. The guy is that's an idiot. Stupid. We know it. But no, that's it's not news. You shouldn't have to do that. No, you that's, shouldn't have to do it, but also it shouldn't be blanket coverage in the news whoa. for two days when he does. But that's – cable news is ruined yeah. for me because it's not all news. they do is whatever the – Oh, now we're going to have eight eggheads come out here and talk about Yell at each other. Uh, what he tweeted. What's your opinion on this, Brian? Well, you know my opinion because of the <laughs> network we're on. We all have the same opinion, <laughs> yeah. but we have eight of us talking about it. And it's, yeah. they've it's ruined shit. they've ruined news and they've ruined in a lot of ways the country. The 24-hour news networks really fucked up everything. And if I am elected president, one of the things I want to do is make all of the 24-hour news networks. They're not going to call themselves news anymore. They can call themselves entertainment networks, infotainment, maybe at best. They're I not was, news. I, I was, I was going to get back to this. Uh, was the the fact that that's free market and play, where the news is when you're talking about fake news. Yeah, it's it's it is. Trump's right about that fact. It's to some degree. It's just it's not fake. It's just they generate drama every day, like it's a reality it's show. It's clickbait. Exactly it's, right. Uh, they're, they're, they're working. There's not a level 12 emergency outrage every single day for years. That's just complete bullshit. And you're making everybody live in the state of constant Breaking chaos. news. Breaking news. How old are you? Still nothing. 40. 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember breaking news when it was breaking news? It was a big thing. News? Yeah. They would actually interrupt. Yeah. A fucking, you know, now uh, every story. They just mean a story game. came in. Yeah. They should change that label to just story it now again. It's the a less concise same. title. It's 24 but hour news. It's ridiculous. Because it's the same news story f- for 24 hours till they find a new angle. And they're just getting stories from the internet also and then just riffing on it. It's basically 24 hour news networks are our podcasts with less smart people. Ugh. So I'm not a fan of that. But quickly for a second, back to schools. The other things you have to do is you have to teach life skills, finances, taxes. You also have to. I would have a national curriculum where you can have a class that's taught either by YouTube or you can do it in, in class or at home, but just a couple of key classes that everybody has to watch just so you know they're getting some basic important information and then let the teachers also supplement it with other important information. Also, context is the most important thing. I've always – why does every student – I don't know if you grew up hating school. You did. Did. I hated it more than anything. I Two teachers I remember that actually – one of or them the said, names. One day, names, right? Uh, Gertrude Healy was a French teacher in sixth and seventh grade, failed me both times, <laughs> but said, one day you'll write for Saturday Night Live. Oh, shit. And uh, yeah. Did uh, you ever write for Saturday Night Live? No. No. But uh, I was portrayed on Saturday Night Live. Ooh, that's <laughs> nice. 
Who was the other teacher? I was, I can't remember his name, a science teacher, but he was funny. Mine was Mr. Moscow was hilarious and Mr. Jacobson was hilarious. Um, and Mrs. Shelby was great. She was this African-American woman who worked in the library. She was a librarian. She'd give us these like civics lessons and then people would ask questions. She had great burns back. She was like, uh, like the student would be like, oh, do we have to turn the, the check card in, the book card back in with the book and we turn it back in? She goes, unless you want to sign your name on your underwear and turn that in. Like it was like what it was amazing. But we're comics, so we responded to teachers that yeah, no, she was funny or appreciated (laughs) us being funny. Oh yeah, of course she she fired. I have a teacher friend that he keeps. She was not fired. She was great, but but (laughs) she was respected. But they didn't know what she was saying in that dark little basement library either. If they did, maybe she would have been. But um, uh, so for schools, the biggest thing is context, right? Every school is framed punitively. So every student sees it, like you said, like a jail. You have to get up, get there at eight, which is far too early for any student to get to, any young kid to get to. And then you just are made to study. Day one, they're like, here's your syllabus. Here's the eight books you got to read. We're going to test you eight times a day. Instead, take a week at the beginning of each semester. Explain why this will matter in your life, why you should care, and let the students opt into it. Let them say, oh, I will fail in my life if I don't learn this. Oh, this skill will help me become a blank or a blank or a blank. All right, I'm down to learn then because it'll make me smarter. I, uh, one of the most important books I read that really changed what I was doing from just titty bar, finger fuck jokes mm-hmm. in my act to where I was actually thinking about is, uh, is you are being lied to. And it's this compendium of essays by different authors about different it's disinfo.com i don't know if that still exists mm-hmm. but that was they put it out there and one of the things was the 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 background of how the school system started the how we have it uh it started in austria where they were just really training people how to be fucking drones right how to be soldiers and, but uh for dubious they, causes the, 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 what what stuck with me was they said, why is it if a, a teacher is hired to teach children and the child doesn't learn, the child fails rather than the teacher? <laughs> that's, you know, that's brilliant. Fucking I love that. Gorgeous. That's so brilliant. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Ten years. Uh, eight-year-old is a failure and you get money <laughs> because the summer off. Because stern woman at the desk in the front clearly is making no <laughs> attempt to relate to these people as human beings. Ugh. And then makes the kid hate school. Like one of the craziest moments of my life happened about a year after I graduated college and I all of a sudden started like getting good speed internet. And I was diving deep on YouTube and articles and reading shit and wanting to learn everything. And I realized I discovered my love of learning right after 17 years of school finished. The second elementary school and high school and college finished. Then I was like, fuck, I would have loved to learn shit back then, but I was just shut, closed off to it because it seemed like punishment. So you fix that and all of a sudden you change the future because people will be raised actually learning things, actually caring about their future, not thinking like, fuck this, mom, I don't want to go to school again. And then what's going to happen is people are going to continue to overfuck and mm-hmm. overpopulate. And then the classroom is going to be too big for the teacher to try to give context or whatever. And they're just going to go, fuck it. You failed. You failed. And it all boils down to overpopulation. Yeah. But if you're not going to have kids, are you? We're on the fence. We're talking about being on the fence. 
It'll, also, we're not married. Destroy even, your so. body. Everything will just. Not true. You can bounce right back if you see. You won't the be able to sign back. your tits after a show because they'll be mm. like scrotum stretch marked. It'll be gross. Well, first of all, I wanted a side business. That's a great thing. That's a what? Sh- sh- shaming women out of having kids by telling them how gross they'll look. That's a great thing you're saying. This is a you can't be my running mate, but I think well, you've got interesting ideas. Well, I, I'm saying if uh, if you affect the ego. And you go, oh, you'd be gross and unfuckable if you had kids. It would stop people from having kids and overpopulation. Are you going to do that both ways? Are you going to also say to the dudes, your shriveled little penis will never be able to get an erection again or have an well, orgasm no, no, and create a baby? No, that's not true. Hmm. No. People's bodies Ch- bounce back pretty good from childbirth. Not Men's, men's bounce back. Men's do fine. fine. Because, even yeah. better, even easier. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they don't have to go to the gym. But they do have to work. You know, extra jobs to pay for that kid. Exactly right. Or, or, or just don't and then let him wander around like a little zombie dummy with a styrofoam box on his head bouncing into the walls with a, with a beer cooler as a father. And that's one way to do it. You know, you can look at it both ways. So I guess you're pro choice. I'm pro choice. There you go. I'm pro choice. But I think if a pregnancy goes to term and then a baby is born, you should take care of that baby. It's a confusing conundrum that Carlin pointed out many times about how Republicans love to protect the baby in the womb. And then the second he's born, fuck you until he's 18 and can go fight in wars that are launched for no purpose. And then uh, probably death penalty. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not everybody, but a lot of people. I don't know if Carlin said it, but that's the, yeah, yeah, they're pro, they want to kill the, save the fetus, but kill the, kill the adult. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I think that. We have to take care of the children that are born. That's my controversial opinion. But I also think that because reasons of overpopulation, of lack of education, of mistakes that happen, of terrible situations that cause unwanted pregnancies, you should give a woman the ability to control her own body because it's her own body, obviously. Like until we're mandating vasectomies on dudes, we shouldn't be mandating what women do with their bodies. I all for it. That's and I'm nice all for you. killing fetuses. It's your one, that's part of your platform also. No, it's part of my new special. You're, I'll be taping that next week. Encouraging so people. Gonna, I, it's my closer. You I'm don't, not, okay, no, we can't, can't give it can't away right that. now. But we kind of get but, the premise a little bit at least, a little bit of the essence of what's coming. It starts with, yeah, all never right. mind. No, we're not going to say anything about it. Uh, Stay tuned. I'm trying to think of any other uh, platforms. You didn't mention why you're against common sense gun regulation. You said, I lost you there, but then- Oh, we, we tangent. Uh, I, I've uh, always said that I guns exist. Sure, uh, they're there. You're totally. not going to get rid of guns. Agreed. I don't. Know. I don't want to get rid I of know guns. Personally, either. I'm a, a. I have a, a Napoleon complex. You know, bullied, angry, and I'm a drunk. So I know personal responsibility. I should not have a gun. Because if in a drunken state, oh, what? You're fucking threatening me? No, he's just, uh, he's looking at the TV above your head. <laughs> he hated the result of the NHL playoff game. I thought he's giving me a dirty look. Fuck you. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I, personal responsibility. Exactly. I know myself, so don't own a gun. I me. like that. So I think, yeah, people can have guns if they can get them, but it shouldn't be easier than getting a driver's license. You have to go through a pretty rigorous screening process for that. That's just to take your kids to daycare. If you get a gun that can murder somebody in moments, 
you should just be able to go through and check your mental health, your criminal history, make sure that all sales are registered, private sales are registered also, just so, just like gun sales. I'm just like car sales have to be registered. So we know where the guns are. We know that we try to control as best we can people having them that can can handle them. And then That's we're moving the, towards there, it. There, there's no testing for that. And you have to know that. You're what do you rational mean? Rational human being. There's, yeah. You're okay, gonna, people are going to slip through. Some people right. out, but it'll be better. People that are, they can, Ted Bundy it. Ted Bundy was a fucking, I don't know if he used a gun, but I I'm think, saying. Didn't he eat people or was that Dahmer? Ted Bundy was a serial killer. The people are still going to be able to be serial killers, whether you get rid of guns or not, but you can improve the situation. You can just reduce the, the likelihood things will happen. No, nothing's perfect. We live, we're comics, like you say. Obviously, we realize the gray in the world. There's no easy fixes to anything, but there's definitely easy fixes to improving situations. I, absolutely. Uh, but I would assume most like, like school shooters. Yeah. They're getting their dad's guns. Right. Dad's fine. Dad's a city councilman. Dad does this and that. And he goes to the firing range right. for whatever reason. The fact that you fucking, you play with guns. It's stupid and it's dangerous. And they're and very I, powerful. Oh, well, it's scary. To yeah. Me. But you can also I'm scared of balloons. Make sure <laughs> guns. balloons. Yeah. I have a irrational fear That's of interesting. balloons. I don't like the static reaction you get from them sometimes. Uh, they're going to pop. Yeah. The popping like, sounds yeah, unpleasant. We have a gun range where I live in Bisbee, Arizona. It's, People open carry right down there, and, and I also sense. don't like when a balloon is near a dog on the ground because then the dog pops it and then he freaks out and you've got an angry, upset animal that's acting erratically. So it really compounds it. And and you're the guy that's going to have his finger on the button, but he mm -hmm. can't have a dog around a balloon. Mm -hmm. Well, I promise. But I still put my vote behind Ben Glebe. I love that, Doug Stanhope. Thank you very much. And let me just say, I promise everybody listening. That if I am elected president, I will not ever have a dog or a balloon near the nuclear launch codes or buttons. That's a promise. Hard and fast. You know what? You politicians promise everything <laughs> until you get elected. The next thing you know, there's a terrier and a balloon animal. <laughs> and there's a nuclear button. Mm -hmm. And it's a reality show. <laughs> Listen, whatever gets the ratings, that's where we, it's all we care about these days. Get those eyeballs. Do you have, like, do you have a, a fantasy vision that you go to sleep at night until this dream dies horribly <laughs> of you on the stage with other candidates? Yeah. Of like, you, they say what, and you say what? Is there a thing? Is there anything where you yeah. go, oh, and then I'd go, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Do you have a drop the mic fantasy moment? Who's the candidate that you would most love to engage? Oh, God. Democratically, then we'll get to. Okay. The guy whose name we cannot say a third time. Um, no, yes. no. Yeah. I don't, I think he won't even make it. I think someone else. Another Republican. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he gets impeached and and we'd all be better off for it and we'd be able to – our long national nightmare will be over. But if not, it will happen in 2020 in November. But 
Uh, yes. So I dream absolutely about going against Trump and I believe this, I believe I would be able to eviscerate him in a debate and make him feel small. And We're stupid. going democratic first. Democratic first. So it's yes. Biden, yeah, yeah. Sanders and yeah. then I respect for most of these people, but it doesn't mean I can't sting them. And what I would Give say, a sting. a sting, first of all, is, um, Cory Booker, who I like and admire. I would say, look, you've been in the Senate for a long time now. And where are the sweeping changes that you are able to help pull off that you have pulled off that you say you want to do now? You've had your chance. I supported your run for the Senate, and I did. And you gave this speech at this event I was at that you wanted to fix all the things when you got to the Senate, same things you're saying you want to fix now. And I raised my hand, and I said, but you're saying all these amazing things, and we all know you're going to get to the Senate, and you're not going to be able to achieve those things because the system's broken, and you're going to get stuck in the gummed-up works of Congress. So why even say it? And he looked a little bit off kilter and he said, well, you know, our system is so broken that these days it is true you can be more effective at creating change as an artist or an activist. And that's the path that I chose to stay on. So by Cory Booker's own rationale, I am more qualified to be president than he is. All right. So there's that. Nice. Thank you. Been Go, practicing ahead. Go that to one Trump if you're going to Trump. Well, Trump, I just want to make – I want to find – I want to corner him on the things that he has said that are just – not only irrational, but double talk where he said things on both sides. I want to corner him on the fact that he himself about his wall said that he wants to build the wall and is going to build the tallest, best wall in the world that you can't get over but because he's riffing like a comedian in these rallies. And he goes, you'll be able to get over it unless you get like a ladder. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Ladders go over walls, not to mention tunnels. That's, go under that's walls. not what I said. This is uh, uh, was, was you're playing him now. Yes, uh, but that's all he does. He, I didn't. I never said that. Oh, you did say it, and the links are up right now. And my team has been ready to click post on my tweet that, with the exact link. That's fake news. Oh, it's not. There's fake no news. link. It, this isn't a debate where he just says he the just only, lies. No, it's easy. The only have fake you ever news. dated someone like this where they just say the op. When you get you yeah, had a relationship, and you end those relationships where the the person says, "No, I never said Crazy that." Things. No, you just yeah. said it right now. I need a girl who made up stuff every second, and that relationship lasted and a that's week. That's what he does, right? So I so would just, he just continued. No, to do it's that. easy. You just say the only fake news is that you're a good businessman. We just saw your taxes, They've and you lost that more money than anybody. Been fucking but now the taxes came out the last the ten years from ninety to two thousand. Wait, they released this? Yeah, for, for I don't, about ten I don't years. watch the news anymore. He lost more money than any other person in the country and during no that time. No one's gonna give a fuck. Yeah, they will because you're gonna point out. That's how why I think. Your biggest flaw is going after him rather than running for the country. If you could run against whoever and never mention his name, don't even talk about him. Like I said, I disagree you- because that's what everybody else is doing. And it's actually what it's just doing is pushing the Democrats further to the left. And it's making them in a lot of ways more beatable in the main in the general election because Trump's going to paint them as they're making the country socialist and they won't have developed any skills to dagger him. You have to be able to hit him with these verbal darts that he cannot escape. You need to be able to say you are a joke of a person. Everybody laughs at you. You think you look great. You look stupid. You think you're a great president. You're the worst. You literally said you're going to elect the best people. I mean, put the best people around you and 19 of them are in jail. 
They're I mean, in jail. Facts, people. 19 of his cabinet are in jail. Sorry, that's the definition of not the best people. You can say fake news all you want. You can say witch hunt all you want. But these are facts, bro. You stood up in front of us in in Helsinki with Vladimir Putin next to you and said, you trust him over us. You're treasonous. You're a traitor. And I'll st- talk over his bullshit and stop moving your hands trying to distract from the fact that you are a joke and a liar and a crybaby and a treasonous piece of garbage that you'll be taken down. America can be put back on a place where we have people that we care about, the people that we believe in, people the that we trust. The more you say that, though, the more that empowers him. I it's don't think a so. feeding the trolls situation where he's the troll and the more I beat go- trolls. But, but if you took and it I beat back. hecklers. Have you ever been beaten by a heckler on stage? It doesn't happen to the great comics. You 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 don't. I'll, I'll always have a comeback for him because I'm not afraid of this ridiculous uh, they, baby monster. This is a yeah. The, the, this is a conversation for when we're done, which we're we're pretty much we're pretty much done. Pretty much when done. When you call me late night and you give me your strategy suggestions, your policy uh, your, suggestions. I, I think you're right in a way. But I, it's you not, think you should back down? How? No, no, no comic no. says they should back no, down just, from Trump. No, you should ignore. But you, you're do you know when you get a heckler that you just the guy that keeps trying to get, yeah, and you just ignore him and plow through your set, and then he just shrinks down because you don't acknowledge him. I remember a Halloween show yeah. at Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis where a guy, I don't know if it's a gorilla suit or something, <laughs> sat right up front on Halloween wearing some very uh, claustrophobic kind of knowing, oh, I'm going to be the hit of the show. They're going to make right. fun of me all night. And I demanded every comic on the on the bill, do not reference this guy sure. at all. Sure. Because he's sitting there deflated in his weird hair. <laughs> For sure. And that work, it might have been Rand Paul under that suit. <laughs> but that works. That's a way to go. But also, you always have your your stuff that you're dying to say on stage. And I do too, but I I never do an hour without going off into the crowd for 20 minutes. I am just a, I'm an improviser and I'm a shit talker. And so I, one of my best skills is being able to eviscerate people and make them lose in that moment if I want to, if they come up against me. I'm really one of in the best the moment, at that. But I would think as a, for a campaign, just dismiss him as ridiculous, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But don't focus on him because that gives him power. Look, like, I'm yeah, gonna focus on clown. Anyway, yeah. what we need to do, yeah, For this, sure. And that's why I gonna... ruined the entire institution of what right. the presidency is about. Right. But we all know that now, and just act like it's a foregone conclusion that everyone knows he's a tool, rather than use him as a, a punching bag. Does it make sense? I totally hear what you're saying. I don't plan to focus solely on him. That's why I'm one of only four candidates out of 22. That has a lot of policy platform positions on my website. I have a lot that I want to focus on and talk about. And then this podcast, for as an example, we've only talked about him for maybe seven minutes out of an hour and 10 minutes. Well, let's close on this. What are you going to do I'm gonna for hit people also. like me, rich white males? It's a good we're- question. <laughs> it's a good question. We're going that to allow- don't care about politics. Listen, we're going to uh, do your podcasts and we're going to drive to your hotel, even on day one of a campaign. To show you the respect that you've earned as a rich white male, but we're not going to tilt our laws in your favor. You're already doing good. We're not going to tilt our taxes in your favor. You're already doing great. We're not going to let you have 
be at the top of a corporation and have hundreds of times, if not thousands of times, the average salary of your employees, you can be rich as hell, but not so stupidly rich that you step on people below. And so we're just going to make sure you're treated as well as everybody else, but not any better anymore. Uh, what about uh, uh, the inequity uh, in uh, pay between men and women? Is there something you can do about this? This was a caller mm-hmm. before you came here. <laughs> she said, I go, what would what question would you have? How will you, you know, fix the pay gap between men and women? Because I think it's 70 cents on the dollar women of equal uh-huh. schooling experience make for men. And I go, I think that's like a free market thing that I don't know. I don't agree with that. I think that for we should go through a period of time to right the ship where women get paid for every dollar that women get paid. Men get paid four cents just so we see what it's like. <laughs> um, we're not going to do that. but we And can, have babies. Right. We're we make them have babies. babies Arnold Schwarzenegger Jr. style through their, pe- no, through their penis holes. We're going to go real like large gallstone style. It's called sounding. Have you? I don't know if you've been on U porn, but I've been on it. I definitely haven't seen we'll that one. Sounding, okay, yeah. definitely won't. It's pee hole fucking. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, well, and the thing stays intact after. Well, uh, I, there's no. Are, are tears there, coming down no, my face right now? There's no U porn. Where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a podcast. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to drop the mic good. on that one. That's pretty darn good. Wait, but there was a major question you were asking there. What was it? I don't know. All right. I'll, I'll, there was I'll a major. The what the hell was it before the – oh, women. Oh, it, yeah, you legislate that so it's equal. Come on. It's enough already. Account for all factors and then legislate. Also, my dear friend has a company called called uh, Comparably where you can see anonymously data of each company you're going to go work at, what they're paying the women and the men with equal backgrounds, with equal – of equal uh, accomplishments and equal resumes, and then you can just point out people that are being discriminatory. Enough of that shit. Let's equal the playing field in ways that don't hurt business but help business. Women are good at shit too. It's a crazy concept. I'm sorry that you know the U-porn thing was a very good ending, and I made you pick the mic back up. But I know, sorry. sorry about that. But I, I felt like I, this was a first important time point. I thought I was funny on this podcast. No, it was so really I good. I quit while I was ahead. It was very solid. I'm going to look it up just as, out of respect for you, <laughs> you and then clear my now. browser history immediately. Yeah, I think we uh, brought this up on a podcast once, the two girls, one cup. What like, is where, where Like they, they should be like Kardashians now. Mm. I'm surprised they're not. Maybe they are. I don't know if we saw their faces much in that video. I never saw it, but rumors, I don't know. Uh, the, the the rumor I heard was it wasn't real shit. Let's let's only hope. And you go well. That doesn't really make them feel. It's not like they can t- talk to their parents. Going no, it was like a weird, like an enema kind of thing that it was fake shit. That but in their heart, the they know then that it's. That and then it's... their parents go, "Oh, good, because we thought you were dirty." Oh my god. I Listen, I think we're off track. Yeah, we're a little bit off track, but I'll just say that I think they should probably get paid more than the dude cameraman at that shoot. You know, they're doing the real heavy lifting there. Yeah, there's a lot of people that whisper that credit. <laughs> probably not on their idea. IMDb. Yeah, I also did that. You know, that two girls. I was the gaffer. On two girls, one yeah, cup. I gave the fake enema. 
Oh my god! Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. We need to. It's, it's kind of like a, a chocolate souffle that we pumped up their asses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But we didn't tell them. They thought it was real shit. Now they're, I gr- now they're I, Asian, so they laugh at everything while they eat it. I aggressively regret now making the podcast continue. To be honest with you, we should have left it back there. Yeah, we should have. Hmm. But you know what? With this interview, you're going to be president. I'm going to be famous for making you president, mm-hmm. and then we can grab chicks by the pussy. <laughs> hey, is this podcast still going? <laughs> Let's hope not. We're not going to grab anybody by anything unless you're given permission in advance. You don't just do it. You don't just grab it. You you earn it. Chicks are going to show up at your rallies. Uh-huh. We're going to call them rallies. Uh-huh. Or we're going to call them chicks, too? All right. Yeah, and they're going to have that. T-shirts okay. that say, grab me by the pussy. They are. You're a progressive. Well, we, ben Glebe, grab me by the pussy. <laughs> we do know that you're a political Nostradamus with your predictions earlier. So uh, I'm, I've been right so far. This could happen, but at least you, if you got it on a shirt, that's consent, right? They printed the shirt. That's a but step it says forward. Ben Glebe uh-huh. with uh, your photo. Mm-hmm. Grab me by the pussy. No other candidate on the back. Here's a whole disclaimer. No other candidate can grab me by the pussy. Must be 18. Void where prohibited. <laughs> Must be 18 years or older. This is a great idea. Are you going to recruit the people? Because I don't see it happening personally. I don't know if you've been to any of my shows, Ben. Gee, I have. But there's not a lot of ladies there to grab by the pussy. It's a bunch of dudes, a bunch of knock-kneed dudes, mm-hmm. lonely school shooters that will vote for Ben Glebe. Because I told him so. And and with very crumbly scrotums that have to be separated so you can sign them. Who do you know with a taut scrotum? It's a strong point. It's a yeah. strong point. I used to have – before my political ambitions, I had an idea for a business I really wanted to do. Like women have all this great stuff like getting their nail French manicures and their hair straightened and eyebrows threaded. I want to do a ball ironing business where you do a low heat. You use Nerf clamps. And you stretch it. I bet you could bet two, three feet. Batwing them. Batwing them 100%. You iron them. I feel like it would probably stay that way for a good three, four hours. You do do what you want after that. You want to rent us a boat, stand on your head, and use your nutsack as a sail. You do it. It's a free country. Can we uh, Barbara Walters this, go a little long, and have your first lady step in? and We ask her questions about how she feels as a first lady. She severely hates talking on things or in front of people. Um. But she's like a Ivanka. She's like Ivanka. Wait, is that? Or who, you mean uh, I don't know the Melania? Fuck. Melania. Yeah, Melania. Whose one know. platform is not even correct English? Be best. I, she's going to come like up with a better stuff. two-word phrase. <laughs> I like stuff and money. All I like is money and stuff. But the, the uh, beautiful Carmel, I'm sure in the car, will let me know if this was a good launch to the campaign or or not. Because let me just say this: if you don't think. Not to change topics, but do my political move here and change topics. If you don't think that I'm a, a candidate for president who will tell you the truth, what other candidate ever would go on Doug Stanhope's podcast as the first appearance? Uh, I think I could have gotten Gary Johnson. I, I didn't live in <laughs> I'm Duke talking Gary. about mainstream major party candidate. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, well, this election, I could probably get one. Rogan had uh, someone on today. He had another one on today? Uh, my manager said I want to go do Rogan yeah Rogan uh, had my manager Rogan had a Democratic candidate on today 
So oh, maybe yeah? this is a good thing. All right. I like that. you know, I'm way bigger than Rogan. You're huger than Rogan, man. I love it when Elon Musk came on your podcast and was nude with you I'm in almost bed. as tall as Rogan if I had better posture. I know. My posture kills me, too. I'm 6'1". People think I'm 5'9". Really? It's a real problem. Look where I'm sitting now. I'm like crunched in nine ways. I'm an old Jewish man at 40. I'm going to be – Bernie Sanders will look like Fabio by the time. Hillish. Well, that's not a great statement. But well, the, it depends. Which Jonah which, Hill? Which uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Like, was he skinny in that one? I can't remember. I don't know, but he was a good actor. He was. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's really sweet. Well, Are you saying I'm a good actor? I, I mean, think we're getting good. sweet together. Hmm. Can we hold hands to end this? Or? I think we should have a, a the, the first presidential man-on-man kiss. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you, ben Glebe for president. Thank you for having me. Doug Stanhope for his podcast. Drop the mic. Boom. Boom.